This week in league, Justin Hodges discovers the only thing worse than his hamstrings is his defence and promptly calls it a day. Newcastle are considering Matlock as their next coach to get the best out of their ageing roster. The Golden Tonsils look set to join Golden Nuts in retirement. And we preview all of the action for round 23 of the 2015 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 201 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Special welcome to all our new listeners. And uh, yeah, if this is your first time, you missed some loose shit last week. Yeah, it was it was loose. A special shout out to Shortstack, who tweeted us there, congrats on 200 episodes. So given those guys are from around the Central Coast, I believe, I want to hear from them and uh, find out who they support. Is it the Bears in lower grades? <laughs> Central Coast Bears. It's the Northern Eagles. Northern Eagles, the mighty manly Sea Eagles, vanquishers of their territories, Fuck, I and not. and the you know and the rightful ruler of the North, the Knights, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, or maybe someone else because you know they, you know their parents or wherever came from wherever, and you know they got their team and their family sort of follows and let us know. So how are you going after the big the big uh, two hundred? Look. I'm still overwhelmed by the response. Still overwhelmed by Twilgenfeld's genius. Yeah. The man's a fucking genius. He's a cunt. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> fucking with the dress sense of a fucking one-armed leper monkey. Um, How's a one-armed leper monkey dress? Poorly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Ken Cartoon, that motherfucker. Ken Cartoon. What do you do? I cartoon. I do fuck all else. I've got no other tangible talents in on this earth, but I cartoon, and my name's Jay Hilgenfeld. Got an uh, uncanny knack at just like reproducing you, your likeness, almost photographically. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know you could draw photographs with a pen, but he, well, he can. It, well, time and time he again, can, he can do it. Time he and can. time again. And look, when you've had that much practice, and he does his best work when he's nude, um, and he often sends me photos of him drawing pictures of me in the nude and I've told him to stop I've asked politely I've been firm with him um, but it continues and he actually draws pictures of you nude no no he's <laughs> whilst he's drawing me nude he's also nude okay and sometimes he might mix it up a little bit put the bib and brace on but just open up the front patch front pouch a little bit and little Jay's there just saying hello <laughs> Don't know how he got into the shape of a fucking crayon, but hey, everyone has their talents. They do, they do. More on, more on that anyway. No, uh, no more on that. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's yeah, we'll, we, we will, we'll, we will talk, speak about uh, about his talents though uh, shortly in the show. I mean, I can't hardly remember a thing about like <laughs> I was so fucking sick. Even like I, I couldn't even really enjoy it because I was just focusing on. Am I actually going to be able to speak by the end of this fucking show? <laughs> Do you know that Simpsons meme where Grandpa Simpson walks into the door, walks over to the coat rack, puts his coat on, turns it, like you know, and then comes yep, yep. Back to, walks out the door again? Yeah. I went upstairs, like went upstairs at the end of the show, got into bed, yep. put my head on the pillow. It just literally felt like, bing, got straight back up. It was fucking four and a half hours later. Yep. And man, I went into the fucking, like the next dimension. 
I was so fucking tired. As soon as my head hit the pillow, it was like someone had just hit me with a tranquilizer dart. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna do the editing, and I was like, oh, yeah. "Fuck, I cannot fucking push on tonight." I'm afraid. <laughs> as much as I would like to, so yeah. And then you know, it's good off. fun. Yeah, now, the, ch- the chat room just adds another. It's fucking it distracting. Though. It adds a massive level of distraction. That's why you need a producer to handle the stuff like stopping the recording, switching stuff on the live stream, switching graphics, switching inputs. All we that should sort get explain in to do that. Yeah, he seems uber nerdy. Yeah, and um, we had some offers, but they were and people handsome. that actually like remote. Yeah, as far as England, like the magician, for example. Like, mate, we need someone like you know, actually like on a live show. Like, if if we were if we were doing a live show every week, then yeah, it would definitely be something that we would have to do. I mean, as it is, we sort of do once a year, and this year it'll be two. He just two. wanted to get in here in between us so we can dual pilot. Give him the wobbly H. Mm. Is that what you're saying? Agging for it for years, that bloke. Awful tower. <laughs> I, I can't work that one out in my head. High five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got it. Awful tower. You learn something new every episode, Glenn. Usually it's about a movie or something, but uh, there you go. I, um, yeah, I, my money's on explain. Right. As far as a you know, guest producer, so we can just, he, he doesn't get to drink. Yep. We get to drink and yeah. take the piss out of him. Yeah. And he gets to do the technical stuff. <laughs> and he gets to remember every shameful second of it because he's not drinking. Yeah. <laughs> he's that guy. He's our designated driver slash producer. Yes. And this week's episode brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash this week in league. Tons and tons and tens and hundreds of thousands of titles to choose from. And I'll give you a recommendation of mine later. This episode now the first thing in the mailbag we've got a question came in from billyboy887 had a few responses to this on the twitter machine but um i thought i'd throw it out to the listeners who aren't on twitter honest question boys when if ever is it okay to ditch your team if you do ditch them can you then pick up another jeez look i think well it's it's kind of a two-part question so is it ever okay to ditch your team Certainly. I mean, if they do something so fucking reprehensible or so, you know, against your morals, then your, your personal code or whatever, then f- by all means fucking do it. My old man was like, he was he was a Broncos fan. I mean, he followed the QRL stuff. Broncos came in, Broncos fan, you know, went to every game. You know, we went to every game. I mean, obviously, cheap day out for the family back then. You know, you're playing, when you're playing footy at school, you get the, you know, the quick QRL card so you can get into the outer every single game. Sit on the grass there in Lang Park back before they... um Not as know, cheap as League Game Over, I bet. I bet fucking yeah. Well, I mean that one, yeah, you break in. I mean, there's a fucking hole in the fence, probably just, just scoot under. Walk in, yeah. An esky the size of a fucking small car. And just, they're grateful. They're just grateful that someone was there to watch them. The old Maggie's. It's pretty true. But um, Super League, he fucking wiped them. Never back. Doesn't have a team. Watches Origin. Watches Test matches and stuff. And he, and he probably watches the odd, odd game. Definitely never goes to a game. And, um, yeah, he's fucking, he's, jihad was for life. I mean, fuck, he's coming up on 20 years on that. So, he's, you know, I dare say he's not going to turn it around. Just don't fall far from fucking trees. Well, the jihad for life thing. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, however, you know, I haven't ditched a team. And, I mean, like, the closest it came was we had um the situation with the, the Northern Eagles. And I remember saying to Simone, I was like, like, because I, I was, you know, I campaigned fairly as hard as I could not being actually a manly local at the time. Against you know the the merger, and so it came up to it. I was just like so fucking bitter about it, and um, I said to smart doesn't sound like you at all. I watched this first game. I watched this first game. They're playing the Knights um, at Blue Tongue, 
And I was like, I'll watch this first game, and if these cunts win, I'll have to fucking follow them then. And they won 24-12. So I stuck with them. But when the fucking rumblings of Manly started coming back, yeah, but I was I was well and truly agitating for that to happen. And, you know, the rest is history. Happy fucking days. Reigning premierships, fucking glorious glory, etc., etc. So, Glenn, is it ever okay to ditch your team, A? Never. Never. Oh. Look. Robert Louis. If fucking Manly signed Louis, I would ditch them until he fucking retired or, you know, his contract was up or whatever. Yeah, like... Fact. All, all, all people like that. Um, I, I don't... I, don't, I didn't really get bought, bought into the uh, the whole Super League thing as far as ditching my club. They yeah. merged and they become the Tigers and I just... Yeah, followed them, uh, but I know that there were a lot of people that were so fucking repulsed by the idea of of the whole Super League concept that they said fuck rugby league altogether. Mm-hmm. And but to ditch your team and then go and jump on board another one, would you feel that's the thing? That's never, ever, never. How could you do it? I mean, like we are probably extreme examples of you know. Look, we- I, I cop enough fucking horseshit from fucking, um, you know the fucking illiterate derpsters that fucking want to have a crack at me going to the Broncos games, but... With your we. Sorry? Well, that's your second team. This is the sort of shit I'm talking about from stupid cunts. That was fucking. the fucking... That was the that was the mild, the reasonable version. They're your second team. They're your second team. You go to all their home games. You're fucking raising your son as one of them. <laughs> Not by choice. Because if they He's weren't your second, himself, if they were, if they weren't your second team, there's no way you'd let your uh, any boy of yours in that filth. <laughs> I promote independent thought in my household, mate. He's bitten me on the ass. Yeah, um, so you, if you say you're going to turn to a little Hitler, you'd be like, oh well, you know, it's his independence, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, now shoot him in the head. Starts kicking people into an oven, and you're like, oh, yeah. Look, I'm not a fan of it, but, you know, independence, isn't it? I should have seen you coming when you become a Broncos fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't, put, I'm sorry I didn't call, it, uh, call it sooner, but, uh, look, the signs were there early on. Was that a fucking, just strap that fucking tiger scarf around his neck a little bit tighter? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, so, look, I think it's up to the individual how they, uh, how they approach it. I'm not going to tell anyone how they fucking should react or feel uh, in regards to the actions or, or the... Uh, the happenings amongst their football team and how they uh, respond to that They've, it's up to the individual but um, it's as far as I go the Magpies were forced to merge with, with Balmain and became the West Tigers I didn't really harbour any resentment or there's a lot of people that have they're still running around more white not enough white more white more, More white. Fucking ditch the Balmain side. Let's play all the games out of Campbelltown. The only thing white enough is the fucking hoods with the little holes cut out of it that we put <laughs> over our fucking heads when we stand on the fucking hill at Campbelltown and fucking carry on about how we hate the West Tigers. Yet we've paid our money <laughs> to get into their fucking stadium to watch them play and carry on about them. Yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> but you know what? If you do ditch the team, can you pick up another? Look, I think there's allowable circumstances. Say you're like a North Sydney Bears fan. They didn't get a merger. They just got fucking killed off. So if you wanted to follow a team in the top flight, then you left. You you either you just this weird fucking neutral thing with no real emotional mm. stake in any result that happens, Nigel or, you, or yep. you jump or you jump onto a team. 
So, which is what Nigel Bridgman did. <laughs> but and and, I, I, I'm sure I saw something on Facebook or Twitter from Birdo saying I've had enough of Parramatta, and or was it Tim yeah, McIntyre? I always get those two. No, no, I'm pretty sure. Or, or, or was it fucking Bakes? Bakes was trolling the Sharks and the Panthers, I think. Oh fuck! For a couple God. of weeks. You know, and let's let's just say for a second that it was Dan. Yeah. Like dashing Dan Birdo. Can you imagine supporters, die-hard supporters of the Auburn Cricket Club, Nathan? Yeah. And they've had the equivalent of fucking Robert Louis running around in fifth grade. Bowling, throwing down fucking pies for years. Pie after pie. Pie after, after pie. They gave him an oversized bat. He still couldn't hit the fucking ball. They put a bell in the ball. He was still whiffing it. Couldn't make contact. People still showed up. People still supported. Go, oh, good on you, Dan. Good effort, mate. Made him a legend off. of the club. Yeah. You know, much the same. You know, much the same way the bulldogs have. You know, with those the actual dogs. Yeah. You know, like they've never done anything that's ever contributed to the club, but they've made them fucking. You know, shit on the same patch of grass. Yeah. The players walk on. Exactly. Essentially. I mean, it's that's you know, and kudos to the the Auburn Cricket Club for rewarding someone that's done three parts of fuck all for their organisation. And uh, look, it, using that as an example, Benny Elias has done more for Balmain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, look, unless you're a, you know, someone that's long-suffering like the Auburn cr- Cricket Club members, I think you should probably just suck it up and keep supporting your team. Yeah. And I, and I really pity the, the Bears fans. It was so fucking bitter that they didn't jump on the Manly and enjoy the premierships that have flowed like wine ever since and jump on someone like the Sharks or something like that where they could continue their fucking legacy of never winning a fucking thing. <laughs> Isn't it amazing now with all the, the talk of expansion recently... Yeah. There is literally fuck all talk about the Central Coast again. Yeah, rightfully so. I've fucking said it since day one. It's all Perth, Western Corridor, uh, Central Queensland. Yeah, all the talk that comes from outside of any of the consortiums is like Western Corridor, Perth. Mm. Then, of course, you've got the Brisbane Bombers. They try and, you know, put their head up and and say, oh, you know, it needs to be a second Brisbane one, meaning themselves. Yeah. Out of Albion (laughs) or wherever. It's a a loaded argument, that one. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. I saw I saw it come an article come up about a second Brisbane franchise. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, Brisbane Broncos fucking person said this. Brisbane, oh, sorry, Brisbane Bombers person said this, and Brisbane Bombers person said that. I said, oh, so what that actually was was a press release sent by the Brisbane Bombers to the fucking newspaper chief of staff, <laughs> and you've just pretty much fucking printed it straight as an article. Nice one. Um, so I guess the verdict is no, it's not okay to ditch your team, and if you do ditch them, if you ignore that direction, then uh, no, you cannot pick up another. Go and watch something else. The sport will fucking survive your departure. Like Israel Full <laughs> Twitter, Niles1991. It's a short stack. The Mitch Eye, you guys are getting some pretty high-profile listeners. Well, you know, did, uh, far be it from me to, to say that, that Matt Lenevers, one of the Matt Eye, is uh, actually more famous than the Mitch Eye. We don't have, like, I don't see fucking... Your Starks or your Johnsons or any of those motherfuckers listening to the show and tweeting. That's about as famous as Mitchell's get, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Mark Mitchell from the Comedy Club. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was the funniest part of the moment. Um, Mitch Pool zero one. I'm expecting a formal apology on the podcast to the Sharks regarding they can't score points or won't even make the eight. Listen, you're not entrenched in the eight yet, and B you got two fucking length of the field fucking ass tries 
So just, you got some points on that occasion, but let's not fucking act like you're the Harlem Globetrotters here, all right? <laughs> they just, they want to cling to anything, little sharkies, oh, don't they? they? They're like, they, they got half so a, They got half a sniff. Yeah, they're getting they, so close. They're like, could you? They, they're still oh, not calling in the finals, though. They're still, they, they're not saying shit because they know that they're the sharks and they can, they can spec, spectacularly implode like fucking challenger. Sharks, Cowboys, grand final. Who do you, who do you? Who do you want to win sentimentally? Sentimentally, fucking that's hard. That's such a hard dilemma. I thought there'd be. A, I didn't think there'd be a harder grand final to pick than Storm Canterbury for me. <laughs> Honestly, like I sit here right Not now. Not out of hate. Like what? You yeah. don't, surely you don't hate the Cowboys. Unless Louis in there, you don't hate the Cowboys. Really? You know what? They carry on like fucking pork chops with their fucking True. conspiracy shit. It really annoys me, and I hate the way that fucking Thurston throws all the toys out of the pram in the last ten minutes of a game he's losing. And just starts abusing everybody on the field. Conversely, we've got a bunch of lippy fucking shark supporters mm. around this show. And one you know, tall one in and, particular. I just and, and if like, bullets would travel that far, I'd put one in his head. I've got some brothers from other from from another mothers that go for the the fucking sharks. Yeah. And so for them, I'm like, you know, really it would be great to taste. Wish they'd fucking run it the would be, fuck away from oh, me and shut up about the sharks. It would be great for them to feel what a premiership feels like you know to enjoy that fucking spectacular feeling that happens when your team wins something for once Amco, but Amco Cup not the problem is they wouldn't fucking leave it at that you'd have to hear all this fucking shit that goes along with it like South last year when they broke their fucking long ass drought so look I can say sitting here right now weeks away from a grand final months away from a grand final that I honestly don't know how to call it much like I said on the day of the grand final in 2012 I don't want any team to win it I'll be fucked if I'm even going to watch it and then what happened in that case was obviously I watched it because I kind of have to watched it and I found myself <laughs> like Go, you know, willing one of the teams of the two teams to actually win, and I really surprised myself that it happened. And um, and I know that would happen on this occasion too. Something would happen. The Sharks would score, and I'd either react like fucking internally. God, I'd be like, I'd be like, yes, or you know, fuck, you know. So I wouldn't. But this is the thing: you don't know until it happens. You don't know until you know. And I definitely do not know. Um, one-eyed tiger underscore. I hope this week in league record tonight. Jumping on a trans-Pacific flight tomorrow and need to load up on podcasts before takeoff. You're in luck, sir. We're recording. NZ Why Danos. Just sleep. <laughs> NZ Danos. This is a quote. There's a scoreboard. It's a t- this is a title. There's a scoreboard in my mind. The life and times of a Tigers fan through one decline to the next by Glenn Blakely. Well, I'd never put my name to such fucking trash. One decline to the next. How fucking dare you? Yeah, your ghostwriter would just throw that on. The editor would throw it that would on. would be a fucking ghostwriter because I would ensure that he would become a ghost because he'd be dead. <laughs> no, it's 1990. So, Daisy Naldo. The name is Dave. I'm not sure where Daisy Naldo comes from. Please enlighten us. How long will the Moses Brooks myth last before everyone realises they will never be as good as they've been hyped up? Excellent question, Dave. Yeah, Glenn. Watch a replay of last night's game. Yeah, okay, they were playing Canberra. You know, who's, who's, Canberra and Canberra, one of the toughest road assignments in the NRL, Nathan. Who've won like three of their last fucking million home games Formed down there. with a plum. 
and uh, perform to the level that we've all become accustomed to. Ricky Stewart Canberra at home has become the prior coach Canberra Look, away I love I love that everyone, and it's probably, I'm going to take, I don't know if I should say take credit for it, but I talk a lot of shit on this show, and I have done for six years, and I, I, I accept that, I live that, I own it. And as a result... You play the victim over it. No, I don't play the victim. Constantly. Fuck off, Nathan. Stop picking on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as a result, people people want to see the Tigers perform poorly. Oh, it's the same. People how want about, it badly. How about these cuts through the first 16 rounds they of the season with Manly? cannot, cannot live with the thought of how bad it's going to be for every last fucking one of them when it all comes together. When? When it all comes together. We were waiting for Jacob Miller to come together. Look, these kids are 20 years of Young age. Lazarus. Anyone, anyone. I fucking, I implore anyone that's got anything to say about Brooks and Moses. Tell me, what fucking tangible things they were doing with their life at 20 years of age. They were all still living with mum and dad, probably if you like Chapo, sitting fucking in your undies watching TV with mum and dad like you still are and you're older than 20. And, you know, sitting there just probably waiting for mum and dad to fall asleep on the couch before you start jerking off. That's what that's the, their life entailed at 20. These kids fucking taking over the rugby league world. I say plenty of shit about Brooks and Moses and I was doing fucking plenty at 20. I, I fucking flew over to Japan with $130 in my pocket. No fucking job lined up. We weren't taking over the rugby league. Just to see what fucking happened. No, I was taking over the Japanese fucking poontang. <laughs> <laughs> I conquered. I conquered another world. <laughs> a sordid, seedy world that smelled funny. <laughs> Todd H, nineteen eighty-seven. Old Todd Aswap. Leaning in Darwin and seeing Sour at the airport had to hold back from jumping in front of him and going pew pew pew. <laughs> Sour probably would have knocked him out. Couple of tweets from Frogmore. Hearing Nate talk about bananas and solo had me wondering where that convo was going. <laughs> surely you've heard that before. You, you sure? I mean, you, you surely you've heard that before, Frogmore. Should I put it in the show just for Frogmore? No, no, no right. he's not worthy. And again, he said, "I'm um, only just listening to this week in league pod." Glenn is so angry. I guess that I'd be bitter too if I look like Pilkington, hash head like an orange. Can't deny it. Everyone's saying you were angry. I think I said you were angry at the time, but I'm thinking back to it. And I remember when you went on a little rant, but in like in retrospect, I'm thinking it's not it's not as bad as anything we did when we we're talking about sex offenders and stuff and wife beaters getting their run back in the NRL. Hey, I was I was I was angry. I was passionate. Yeah, I was oozing passion. I was maybe live ranting at, with half a chub. Maybe maybe live it just came off angry. I don't know. Mm. You're probably don't calling don't at the time. You're probably interjecting on yourself. And call and seeing the chat room thing and just going, oh, this kind of, you know, and just going off with those guys. Yeah. yeah. So on the 200th episode, underscore, oh, Sammy boy. A belated congrats on the 200th ep, lads. Thanks for all the laughs, the time, and audible chocolate you provide every week. Hoop- it's not as good as, like, proper chocolate. Yeah. Hoops. He's changed his name. <laughs> Distancing himself Hoop- from his first name. Hoop Dog 87. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Seriously. I didn't think anything could be more lame than calling yourself Mitch. <laughs> you yeah, found just, a new way. <laughs> just getting to episode 200 now, and Glenn explaining the plot of a Peppa Big counting book deserves to win a Logie. Thank you. Thank you. Not being on television, it may be hard for us to do that, but I'm willing to give it a crack. <laughs> Two boots. 
the Logies dinosaurs. This is the thing about the Logies. You've got to buy TV Week and vote. I don't think it's a peer thing. I think it's actually <laughs> just like a popularity contest. So, you know, make it happen. Paul Mac underscore 78. Can I say congrats too, lads? This time last year, I didn't know what a podcast was. To be, to be fair, you probably still don't if you hold us up. The Scarecrow, Scarecrow 23, just listening to 200 Thep. I know it's late, but well done, guys. Massive achievement. Thank you, sir, for the kind words. It's not really, though. Like, we oh. just keep turning up everywhere. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, like, I don't, I'm trying to think of what the phrase, what the, saying, what the saying is, but, you know, like, half of, the, you know, half of it is just turning up. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> Half, of the, half the, uh, the problem solved. Up 23, finally got a chance to have a listen. Congrats on the 200. Thank you, sir. The Biggest Tiger. I'm glad I decided to re-listen to the 200 episodes as I missed half of this. Ash can't chat room and listen. Ash, another great episode. Paraman Mark 2. Finally had a chance to listen to the 200. A big congrats to you guys for creating the best league podcast and community bar none. Thank you, sir. Chimpanzee. He didn't even realise he was part of the print until someone pointed the phone. Yeah, I think I said, I said it, yeah, and then he's looking. And then, yeah, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Chimpanzee, 15. Using my 101st tweet, <coughs> my 101th, he's got here, tweet, to say I'm disappointed in my hundredth tweet to plug this week in league and no mention. The thing is, you did it after the after I'd closed off the notes for the episode. I think you did it like you know right before the um, I think before the uh, the live episode went going. So um, yeah, unlucky. Um, I did appreciate that. Who who is sexy Bethany? That's the the the, for, the user formerly known as you, you fucking what mate? That's right. Yeah. Get rid of your fucking... Now he said, he's, now he's changed and now he's a transgendered teen, he said, I believe a couple of weeks ago. So it's like Sexy Bethany 87 or something, isn't it? 97. 97 yeah. Change him. It's <laughs> good with the egg. Yeah. Like... Look, people use Twitter in their own own curious ways at times. <laughs> Who are we to say how, they, how to use it effectively? Um, uh, M. Doyle, 08. Doyle. Absolutely sensational, lads. Congrats on 200 apps and the effort you put into being the best in the biz. Alan Paul, Alan, it is lovely, very kind words. Alan Paul Walker, our our pseudo um, Luke Dawn correspondent. Great two hundred guys. Looking forward to two hundred more. If Glenn doesn't croak out on on cast, biscuit throat. By the way, cast going better. Sands Dawn. <coughs> Alan, 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 Alan. These finely tuned sexual tones that you're currently listening to right this second are not Glenn. It was my voice. I was fucking so sick. But you know what? You battled through. on and you got battled, it done, Nathan. Got battled and fucking got it done for you guys. Like the fucking hero that you are. Exactly. 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 Fucking preach. Now, Twilgensfeld's print. It's got a bit of praise. Um, Unky D. Seriously, guys, the pick is brilliant. Great job. A fitting memento of 200 great eps had me in hysterics yesterday. Paul Hayden, excellent, His brother didn't even realise he was in. I don't know why he was drawn as a clown. Me neither. Me, don't ask me. Ask hey, get you know what? The the best thing about Twilgenfeld is he's on Twitter, and you can actually ask him stuff, and he'll try and answer you. Don't be scared. Everyone's like, oh wow, he's so talented. I'm I'm scared to approach. I'm like, the fuck? We've put 200 episodes of the fucking greatest rugby league podcast in the history of rugby league podcasts together. And you've got the and nerve to tweet like, us. You guys are fucking cunts. <laughs> and since there's this cunt fucking running around with an, uh, an eraser and fucking a half-chewed crayon, and it's like, oh, we can't go anywhere near his bib and brace. Fuck off, mate. Just tweet the cunt. Bernard, uh, sorry, the Tall Hayden, excellent, excellent work by the man Twilgenfeld on this week in League Pick. Bernard JKD, that looks like a group photo for Sex Offenders Reunited. Hash Gallery of the Grotesque. Somebody's a bit di- bit dirty. They didn't get drawn. Yeah. 
Your name was on the wall of fame, though, so I can just look closer. You look closer, you sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> we listed all the sex offenders yeah. on the wall. My Saguna 85. It's a big fun. congratulations to Jay on his 200th episode drawing. It is an absolute masterpiece. Saguna, love it. He put little musical notes around Saguna. Um, <laughs> you see Tiger Benji's run TMB Saguna star. Yeah, not enough emoticons. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking laugh. <laughs> Not enough emojis though. He should just all the white should have been covered Imagine by emojis. If he's as annoying in real life. Well we'll find out, I guess, in October. Fuck. <laughs> his poor wife. He's married. Yeah, yeah. It's only new though. Maybe there's a more maybe <laughs> surely she's worked out how fucking annoying he is. Maybe she bought earmuffs. Well, what about the text messages she'd get from him? Yeah, that's true too. Oh she's oh. What's a conversation work? Just what has a conversation work words. in real life, though? Ian, use fucking words in your text messages. I can't what, what does he go like, decipher. What, what does he go like? Love heart, love heart, love heart, winky face. What is winky it? face, like that? fucking laughy face. One eye shut, tongue poking out face. What does that even mean? <laughs> it's, fucking, it's like another language. Yeah. My yeah. name's Ian Saguna, and English is my second language. My first language is the native tongue emoji. And he said, uh, thank you for not drawing a pic of me in a threesome with Wade. Well, Look, we're trying to keep it factual here. Well, Torgenfeld, had, he, had, he had full creative control over, over what happened. And um, I'm sure, I don't know if it was like for a week-to-week thing or if it was for this, but at once, I'm sure I suggested he was like, had like a ventriloquist style of Wade McKinnon. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Jay went the way he went. I'm very happy with the way he went. But I just want to say that you dodged a bullet because <laughs> could, you, you could have been having a threesome with... You know, a Wade McKinnon Pinocchio hybrid sort of deal. <laughs> tell a lie, tell a lie. <laughs> that was the other one too. Like yeah, having him like a Pinocchio. <laughs> I'm wearing women's underwear. Bernard JKD it's again. True. <laughs> <laughs> Bernard JKD again said, uh, "P.S. Well done on 200, Nathan Glenn. Rare to see any Aussie, let alone two, hit a century, let alone a double century. Oh, uh, haven't they got lip after they fucking jagged a series win after getting fucked up?" You know, not a year ago. Fucking bring Birdo in. He'll tell them all about the fucking centuries he never scored. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. Congrats on your 200. Well done. One of you support a gronky shit cunt team and the other supports the Tigers, but you entertain. I don't understand why my, my teams get singled out. Like Lay that. off the breakfast, Uzos. Yep. Super duper soul. Congratulations to this week in the league on 200 cracking apps. Great live apps tonight, even if you string conked out towards the end. Twill Nation for life. What a fucking piece of shit that was. Oh, like five times in the last five minutes or something like that. Like just we, we may have gone longer actually if it hadn't been conking out, but <laughs> as it turned out, it was just it seemed like it was, you know, thirty seconds to a minute conk, thirty seconds, you know. So whether it was like a network situation, you know, with the internet you know, connection to to the house or whether it was Ustream saying You've been on for fucking over two hours. You know, don't get fucked or, you know, whatever. But, yeah, unfortunate. Uh, tater chips, tater underscore chips. Spudsy. Great show. You guys go all right. Thanks, oh, mate. High praise. High praise, indeed. <laughs> Faint praise, indeed. Pickers Yobbo. Great live show, guys. And congrats on 200 shows. Thank you, sir. Pumpkin picker. Man, you see that big-ass fucking pumpkin in the echo? You been in the echo yet? No, I'm going tomorrow. Oh, okay, I went yesterday. Fucking hell. This is echo. This is fucking pumpkin that weighs like... It was like 2,600 kilos or some yeah. shit. Or 260 kilos or something fucking... It's fucking gigantic. Turned the cunt into a fucking carriage. And the winner of the pumpkin competition for the 2015 Ecker is uh, Farmer Joe with his James Chapman variety pumpkin. At Pickers Yobbo on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Alex underscore day underscore happy 200th, lads. Keep going strong, you magnificent specimens. Who's right, that? Day man. Right back, oh. at, right back at you. Right back at you, mate. <laughs> I, I love that guy and his girlfriend slash sister. Oh, slash sister, yeah. They're just a terrific, the terrific couple slash family. <laughs> He's so handsome. She's so gorgeous. Tell you, it's fantastic. They're gonna make beautiful, beautiful slash beautiful, deformed children. Beautiful, be- just gorgeous blonde haired children that they would name Joffrey, Tom, and Marcella. <laughs> but, uh, hey, just on the echo. There's a yeah, yeah show bags are just like full of shit, like you know, essentially. Except the Birdie oh, Beetle bag. Seen, well, yeah, obviously there's there's a fucking new like platinum Birdie Beetle bag oh, this year or something. What's it's that got, worth? Like, like fifteen bucks or something, like nothing much, but it's got like more than fifty. Because remember they had the other like the gold one or one of them, one of them, the top level one used to have fifty Birdie Beetles and some other shit. This one's got some more of that. You know, actually, look. If you think I'm not going to be shoveling Birdie Beetles into my face tomorrow, you're a fucking fool. Yeah, um. Tell you what, I did see, I did see a show bag that's got some value, actually real monetary value. The West Tiger show bag? No, oh. no. No, fucking Minecraft one. Yep. I would have got it for Killer, but for the fact he's got every single thing that was in it. <laughs> because it's actually not just like shit that, you know, they cobbled together for like a show bag. It's, it's got three three books in it, and those books aren't uh, between, depending where you get them from, they're between like 10 and $15 each. So already there you're blind. And it's like a, then there's What's a, it worth? 25 or something okay. like that. And then there was another thing in there that I know is, no, no, depending where you get it, it costs 8 to 10 bucks. Plus there was um, a couple of packs of like playing cards as well and they were like 5 bucks a pack and there was a couple of packs. And so it's easy like 60 bucks okay. with the stuff retail in there. So if you've got a, a kid that's into Minecraft but not to the extent where they've actually got everything already, that one is worth a look, I must say. Now Facebook. This would be league show back? Oh, wouldn't that be sensational? <sighs> Damn, next, next year's members pack. Oh, that's what it is, isn't it? It's like the Echo every year. True. Echo every year, except it comes in March instead Sign of... dick pic. Yeah, but who wants that, really? Well, I'll take one of yours. Saguna, <laughs> 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 on Facebook. This is a bit long, so strap yourself in. Oh, what a fucking surprise. And strap. full of emoji. No, not a one. This is the thing. On Twitter... He's restricted to 140 characters. True. And, and so, he uses 138 of them. And so he emojis. proceeds to waste 130 of them every single tweet with fucking emojis. When he can actually just write. No. Hey, fellas. Firstly, I'd like to congrat you guys on the 200th episode. Still you guys have done spell. an amazing job with the show and have a great following of loyal Twill Nation listeners. Hey, I just, I just want to give you fair warning. You might not want to fucking abuse the gooner in this little passage here. He fucking buffs up your knob a little bit. All right? Spoiler. Being the 200th, I have a question to ask for all of Twill Nation. How did you discover the podcast? For me, it was one of the early episodes in the 90s, back in 2012. I had to wait a whole day in a hospital bed to have a hernia operation done. So I was looking for some rugby league stuff to listen to, and there your podcast popped up, and as they say, the rest is history. If I didn't have that operation, I probably would not have discovered the show today. Some of you are probably saying, I wish I didn't. I'm talking about you, Chapo Monaghan. Now, as for you, Glenn, I don't just congratulate you, I fucking applaud, in capitals, you. 
I have never enjoyed a game recap on the Tigers as much as I did last week. Your enthusiasm, praise, compassion, and emotion was 10 out of 10. I'm very sure you broke uni stream for how many times you said the name Tedesco. Never have I heard you praise us, not we, after a win with so much compassion, praise, and enthusiasm. I don't know, with compassion, I think you just, mate, you're just throwing words in the evening, man. That word you keep saying, I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> If Tedesco was in the room, if Tedesco was in the room with you last week, you would have fucked him six ways to Sunday and made hot sauce babies. If you have another child that's a boy, please do name him James Blakely. And when he asks you why did you name him James, you tell him, Glenn. You just go right ahead and tell him. Just call him fucking Ted. (laughs) (laughs) You fired up last week. You you, you fired up last week. Reminded me of a scene from the movie Basic Instinct when Michael Douglas bends Jeannie Triplehorn over the couch and gives her a good pounding. Glenn, if you haven't seen this scene, please do so. He controlled the situation just how you did the recap with fire in your eyes from the hot sauce that was running through your blood. Is that the end of it? No. no. Oh, fucking hell. Looking forward on this week's recap after Tedesco had another blistering game. We could just finish the year hash six in a row and scrape into eighth spot. Mysaguna85. Comments? Oh. I've never... I've never known someone that tries so hard to be nice to me. Like, he, he actually tries really hard all the time. It's like, why are you hating on me? He fucking and loves then, you, Glenn. And then, on the flip side of that, I can't be nice back. I want to I slam him every fucking time. Every time he tweets something, whether it's nice or indifferent, or he's been a gronk, or it's full of fucking emoji slash Saguna language, I want to slam him. But why? That's that's that's. Well, that's I don't know why. If I knew why, I would be able to control it. That's something in you, not him. It's something in me that only he brings out. <laughs> it's only the, the the dulcet tones of the emoji language that brings it out of me. <laughs> Such venom. <sighs> but thank you, thank you, Ian. Uh, I really appreciate your kind words and your support. Um, and you 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 lose grasp. Of, uh, of of words and their meanings. Okay. Vocabulary, if you will. Yeah, that's what I was searching for. That. <laughs> Another refugee from uh, from uh, Twitter, Bernard Duff. Here's a good one. Today I turned it, I tuned into Ustream to watch a game broadcast by a company called InTouch Rugby, who occasionally stream club union matches on the net. It was a game of North vs South Origin, i.e. Northern Ireland vs Republic of Ireland. It was advertised for weeks. What followed? Oh, yeah, com- Protestants versus Catholics. Yeah. It was advertised for weeks. What followed was comedy gold. I don't mean the standard of play, which seemed half decent, but rather the video coverage. Firstly, there was no audio on any of the broadcast. Then the position of the camera. I can only assume that the cameraman was a former East German guard used to surveillance from a watchtower into West Germany. Instead of positioning himself atop the hillside at the halfway line, he chose to do the video from 30 metres behind one of the end goals. To make matters worse, nine of the camera graphics were kept on the screen at all times. Focusing was a problem, as was moving the camera, as it was the cameraman knocking off for a sandwich for any conversions. I kept watching for the full 80 minutes comedy value that someone could actually have thought this was an acceptable way to broadcast what was a reasonably important, albeit low-profile game. Afterwards, I tweeted a complaint to the official Twitter account of Rugby League Ireland. I was later blocked by that account thereafter. As, as can be seen, even though I'm living in an almost completely league-free zone, I'm upholding the tw- this week in League Creed and standing up to a dumb official doing getting blocked by their Twitter accounts. Well done, sir. And he did attach some screenshots of the of the action, and it did look fucking shit house. And he also supplied a screenshot of to prove that he was in fact blocked by, by that account as well. <laughs> um, 
general stuff. I run TMB, had a sale. There's uh, two mediums and two XLs left. If you want them, come and get them because they're going to be gone. Run DCE, also sale. So there's one XL shirt left. So uh, get it out of here, please. The jerseys met their pre-order. They are now closed. Thank you to everyone who got on board and supported them. Um, and after these ones come out, we'll have enough out there to form about four teams with benches. So that's good. Um, ben Dunn, 43. Said, I've heard you've now sold more jerseys in the Western Suburbs Tig Pies have in the last decade. Well done. Fuck, please. If it's one thing Tigers can do, it's produce copious amounts of jerseys. We only need to sell one of each type of jersey they've yeah. had. Yeah. Well, the War Machine one wouldn't have sold any. Huh? War Machine wouldn't have sold any. No, they sold some. Yeah? Not a huge amount, given that it's a sidekick jersey, not a fucking superhero jersey. Not enough white on it either, really. And definitely not enough white. Or black or orange, come on. <laughs> 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 um, Cardinal 25NZ. If you're doing a jersey for 2016, why not do a Twill superhero jersey? And he's got in brackets some suggestion. Biscuit Man, Ref's Fault Man... <laughs> Question mark. Fucking biscuit man. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. Tim Tam man. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that one would be a trademark violation. It would. You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to do something with biscuit, but I don't even know if that would be possible in the format of what, you know. No, it's, I mean, it's, we get extra custom yeah. uh, value there, and uh, I would imagine that would push the cost up quite considerably. And Broncos fans, the Eat Sleep Hunt Milf repeat shirt, the pre-order it's 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 stagnating almost as if it was a Run TMB shirt back in <laughs> Mar- back in April. So Broncos fans, if you want it to happen, fucking make it happen, show some interest, because um, I know that my printer is giving me an excellent deal this month, so I might be able to drop the sh- the threshold by five, but. <laughs> You need to get your fingers out because if you know if I don't, if I don't get it off pre-order by the end of August, <coughs> then then that special deal might actually be available. Oh, that's so, I've knocked that Broncos fans, you requested it. Get on there and uh, make it happen. News. Okay, firstly, uh, this week we had um, a little bit of news on the NRL rights deal, and they've been uh, revealed. Uh, looks like Channel Nine has actually um, managed to kind of save save their portion of coverage, and, and in fact increase it in the face of what was supposed to be, you know, increasing opposition from people coming in, like Ten, and would they sell off portions of, you know, like sell Origin off as a separate product at Seven and that kind of thing. So the basic points of what we're going to get here, Channel Nine. We'll screen four matches a week starting in 2018 and the deal is going to be up to $925 million. This is just for the television rights. Free to air. Free to air, yeah. We don't have uh, things like simulcast, digital, um, that sort of stuff is not yet being done. So this one could top $2 billion total. Key points. The number of live games on free to air TV increased to four a week. So you're going to get a match on Thursday night. Friday night and Saturday in prime time. They don't really specify whether it's a day or night, but presumably a night. It's going to be a prime time Saturday game and on Sunday at 4 p.m. 
So that removes the delayed Friday night football, and it's also going to remove Monday night football, which is where that Thursday one's going to go. And I mean, we spoke about this last week, I think. <laughs> so no Monday night. Monday night, I think, is going to be dead as of 2018. And um, well, what if Fox get Fox? Well, Fox, obviously, there's there's a couple of things with Fox. It fucks up their Super Saturday because Channel Nine are getting a Saturday game in the mix, so we're not going to get those three games in a row or whatever. Yeah, Monday night's the other thing, but they haven't done simulcast rights yet, and it may well be that Fox gets to play all games like they do with the AFL. Yeah, and in which case, dedicated channel. Yeah, a dedicated channel. Yeah, so so that would that would be fantastic too. Like I'm happy with that. Um, The second match in each State of Origin series will be played on a Sunday night, as part of a standalone weekend of representative football, which will also feature Pacific Nation tests. That would be great if it was. Every Origin game was a standalone weekend, but they're not going to do that. The Premiership will be played over 25 rounds, one less than the current model. International Rugby League will be given a new priority and played in a dedicated window after the NRL season. And, of course, that priority may come from the NRL, but in a dedicated window after the season Mm. probably means that the players are going to pull out and have little surgeries and just want to be with their families are still not going to participate. Sure. And... um, the NRLs regained control of the premiership scheduling from broadcasters as well. That's a plus. Big plus. Big plus. So, yeah, Channel 9 have paid $925 million to show four live games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday from 2018 to 2022. Then we've got online rights, international, pay to television, etc. to come. Monday Night Football, I think it's the end. We spoke, Was it last week we were talking about? I was like... The crowds and that sort of thing, and I think the fuck is the difference from Thursday to Monday. Well, people people say that. Well, that's not more family friendly. Well, no, of course it's not. None of them are family. A kickoff at eight o'clock or a kickoff at seven o'clock is not family friendly. When you've got Regardless small children, you want to put in bed at seven thirty to eight o'clock. That's, <laughs> it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. However, I do think that for adults, Thursday is better than Monday. And I'm sure we spoke about this on the show last week. But for the reason that on Monday, you go to football, have some drinks, it's Monday night, you've got, to, you've got the whole week ahead of you to struggle through at work, and it can just fuck your whole week up if you struggle street on Tuesday. Thursday, though, mentally... Cruise through Friday. You're like, look, I can suffer through Friday, hair of the dog on Friday, or get an early night and, you know, sleep in on Saturday morning, good as gold. So I do think for an adult crowd, Thursday's better than Monday. But I think overall... You know, it's, it's certainly not more family friendly, but yeah. what are you going to do? Nighttime games? I mean, you can't start games at five o'clock in the afternoon mm. because people are still at work. So I don't think you get family friendly slots on. You know, it, it, on weekends, move all the games, start them all earlier after you get out of the heat of the summer. You know, have have two or three games on a Saturday that are all viable for you know a family. You've got two Sunday afternoon games as it is, like two sure. and four, so. I think there's some positive steps in there. Um, primarily, the scheduling being dictated by the NRL rather than Channel Nine. Uh, that's a, that's a huge plus, and and hopefully the NRL doesn't fuck it up, which they've got a history of doing. And if we do head down the road of uh, of a two billion dollar TV and and broadcast and internet rights digital rights deal, my uh, my biggest hope is that. Along with that comes a, a new level of professionalism from the NRL all the way down through uh, every last fucking player on every last roster. And I hope that that level of professionalism is held up and enforced 
by the NRL um, in order to, to, to get the best value out of the next TV rise deal after this one. Mm-hmm. The last fucking ever since we've been doing this show. Yep. The amount of fucking idiotic player misdemeanors and atrocities. Yeah, that's all. That's always going to happen, though. Why? Extent. Why does it always have to happen? Because they're guys, dickheads, and dickheads do stupid things. I get that. But they're dickheads, but they're professional fucking athletes, and they're employed by a governing body. And it wouldn't take that long to weed it out with some fucking serious enforcement. You'd think, you'd, you'd think so, but look at any other sport. It's all the same. Yeah, fucking old man. Yeah, we race fucking clubs his fucking girlfriend inside a lift with CCTV, sure. knocks her out fucking cold, drags but her unconscious corpse, drags her un- unconscious corpse out of the fucking elevator. He's still not playing. Yeah, but he's already, he's won his right to fucking you know. This is the thing. He won his freedom after appealing about all the shit because uh, you know the technicalities involved in the way they fucking was that through the court him. system or through the fucking appeal system with the governing body I think, body it's, of the I think sport. it was through their appeal system or whatever because you know the club did this and the and the NFL did this and so uh, with bigger TV money but really I mean like, salaries for the players you know yeah. so we're going to have a bunch of players not just the odd you know absolute elite that yeah. are earning a million bucks we're yeah. starting to have Guys that are yeah. even the next level down starting to earn money. 350 like grand players. Yeah. Sort of now. Exactly. Yeah. It's. It has to come at a price of, of professionalism. Yeah, but dickheads are going to do dickhead things and they can do everything they want, but all they can do, they can never stop it. All they can do is punish it and, you know, get those people out of there when it happens. That's, that's the best thing they can do because at the end of the day, you can't nanny these fucking people. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'm sure they'd love to. The other thing is I hope that they get um, a digital offering for, you know, comparable to like with NFL, like, you know, with a variety of options. Like, you know, you can buy a season for 150 mm. bucks or something like that. Online, live, HD, replays, little vignettes from, you know, from your team coming through, you know, all the time. Not the shitty, you know, stuff that, you know, the, these these... Digis do at the moment, which is just, you know, don't get me started on their shithouse jobs. Oh, but, no, um, that speaks to the level of professionalism across the board that, you know, employee employee cash. It's, it's like the other day, I, they, uh, I saw this video from NFL Films and it was like, here's a look at, um, you know, Atlanta Falcons preseason. And it was a 30-minute episode made just for, the, just for that team. And it was like it was like as good as a fucking episode of like Hard Knocks or something on HBO. I mean, and it and it covered like a week in training camp showing you know which fucking what do we have which these new guys, films, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. And this is the other thing with the with a, uh, a we're actually starting to get people who are experts at at the the digital delivery of sports. Major League Baseball, in fact, they're so good at it they spun their digital arm off to a separate company like um, uh, MLB AM. And they are the ones that have the rights to do the NHL, and they're going to do something else as well. And so, someone sell the rights to those guys and let them do. They're obviously got two of the big four sports in America, and I mean, I guess if they're two of the big four sports in America, then you would put them in two of the two of the big whatever sports worldwide in terms of um, production value, content delivery, and all that sort of thing. So, why you know? 
whether they'd pay the money that they wanted to to do it. I mean, you know, I think they paid six hundred million to get the NF the NHL rights, but <coughs> I'm not sure what money they're looking out of just for the digital component here. But um, you know, rather than have someone have to invent the wheel mm. and deal and, and and you know have to go through the teething the teething pains and the growing pains of inventing something and fucking it up and finding a better way to do things and getting user feedback. Why don't you get someone who's already got their shit locked down and can just go insert this footage you know from this sport here push it out through our existing you know awesome infrastructure problem solved it's an exciting time it's like anything with the NRL though when it comes to the hierarchy um, and the way that they distribute their product they never quite seem to get there yep you know even with the latest the the last injection of, of huge cash into the game some of the stuff that Channel 9, and less so Fox, but Fox isn't com- completely immune to it either. Some of it's real amateur hour. And yeah. I think that, that they need to get away from it. The thing that I... The, um, the difference between Fox and 9 for me is, and I said this on Twitter the other day, but when commentary is bad on Fox, it's not something that's like overtly painful. Because when it's bad, it's just an ex-footballer who says who uses incorrect grammar or says something dopey Pink or something hands. or something like that. Whereas on Channel Nine, you've got constant interjection of channel of you know you know ad lib ad lib ad- advertising for the block or fucking some other shit. You've got Ray fucking up worse than a fox a fox commentator ever would. You've got Ray and Gus when they get stuck together in the box bickering and talking about some fucking Channel 9 show and it just goes on and on and on and they're talking about everything but the fucking game th- that's going on. Um, and then you've got like, you know, then you've got the true bottom of the barrel ex-footballers, not in terms of their football ability or how they are as blokes, but in terms of, you know, commentary, like your Joeys and your Fiddlers and that who are just like, <laughs> just drunk cunts essentially, who bring nothing to it. I mean, I think I think the straight callers on Fox are much better than than anyone Channel Nine's got. I think Brett Finch has actually come a long way. He's a bit of a character. He's, he's a uh, dopey cunt. Sorry, he's a dopey cunt too. Well, I mean, he's an ex-footballer. Yeah. At the end of the day, but also a fucking lair. <coughs> you remember a story we were told of someone we someone we know when <laughs> Brett when Finch came up to her and said said yeah fucking come back to me when you won a premiership. <laughs> Motherfucker, you don't have a premiership. You've got an asterisk now, you fucking dickhead. <laughs> so, yeah. No, dopey cunt. Don't rate him. Righto. Cool. He may have come a long way, but I mean, he started at the bottom. <laughs> started at the bottom and now he's here. Yeah. Yeah. Not far from the bottom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But um, Simulcast, you know, that's yeah, I would love to have the opportunity to watch, a, watch on Foxtel rather than Channel 9. Yeah. If I prefer that, yeah. Channel 9, they still dig their heels in. You reckon they're going to do them in HD? I don't think. I doubt it. I saw Gus. Did you see Gus on Twitter? He's sort of saying, oh, you know, X, only X amount of homes have, you know, this capability. And Channel 9 actually film it in HD and they actually compress it to the standard to reach more, well, you know. He's, I mean, he's a company man at the yeah. end of the day, but yeah. um, I forget the point that I was going to make. <laughs> Fuck, that was going to be really, uh, that was going to sound really intelligent right up until the point that I fucking forgot all about <laughs> He was going to cap off that entire article, wasn't it? <laughs> what were you saying before Gus? Simulcast writes Foxtel, Fox commentators. 
Vossi. Yes. Talked that Vossi might come back, but also um, Matty Johns. There was some some rumblings that uh, you know, and again, take it with a grain of salt. It came from Matthew Johns, but um, that the NRL would have a de- dedicated channel, um, yep. you know, to, to broadcast the on Fox the content and different shows, etc. In theory, I think that's a fucking fantastic idea. I just have this feeling that they're going to have to be able to do that because Channel Nine's taken one of their games off them, so there has to be some kind of payoff. Plus, yeah, yeah, in, you know, tick in their in their favour for that to happen. So, you know, we'll find out. I mean, these will all pan out over the next couple of weeks and months, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we've got a little while before it comes into into being, but uh, yeah, looking forward to the changes and hopefully not a new era of professionalism so much, but. A new era of production value befitting, you know, the the quality of the, the you know, the action we get on the field. Uh, Knights coaching situation is becoming a little bit clearer after they've uh, decided to interview four people for the vacant job. Nathan Brown, he seems to be the top candidate. Former Brisbane coach Anthony Griffin. Generally, uh, it's Nathan Brown, Matt Parrish and fucking Kevin Wilders. They're generally the yeah. three names that get thrown up first. Not this time. There's only three or four uh, three or four applicants' <laughs> names have been revealed, and we've got Nathan Brown, Anthony Griffin, and uh, current Penrith New South Wales Cup coach Garth Brennan. Uh, they're three of the four applicants the Knights have shortlisted to replace Rick Stone. All three have been granted interviews along with a fourth contender after the Knights board met last week to narrow down the focus from a list of more than 20 applicants, no doubt including your Matt Parrish's and your Kevin Walters. Do you think the Walker brothers are the fourth? Oh, Fuck, it would be good if they were. <laughs> it really would. Um, what? Why do you say that? Because they just bring sarcasm something. Or no, something no. I say, different. I, I say, it'd just it'd be just just to see something different. Like these guys are not going to come in with the established thinking of like almost like a, a blueprint that most coaches do. I mean, coaches all they all, all have their own little wrinkles and yeah. their own little out of the box things or whatever that they do, but. I mean, the walkers are fucking crazy. I don't know if the pressure, the pressure at um, NRL level, would force them to try and modify things or you know rein it in a little bit. I think but, that they could give two fucks about the pressure. Yeah, they've got a lot going on business-wise. Yeah, that would sustain them if NRL coaching didn't pan out. Yeah, it's not like this is what they do, and they've got a quite a successful earth-moving business. Okay, um, and. You know, worst comes to worst, they go back to Q Cup and... Yeah, true. Fuck, we had a crack in the NRL. Probably didn't quite uh, translate there. Any club would probably pick them up anyway if, if they couldn't walk straight back in DP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you say, it's it's something that's a bit different. Um, yeah. It's not often that it happens. Yeah. You know? Uh, Tim Sheen's probably, you know, and it will probably had as much to do with the roster that he had, but... The style of of play that the Tigers played back in Premiership uh, land, yeah, in two thousand five. Yeah, I mean, it took a h- half a season, but he he was working on that in two thousand and four to get there. Yeah, and and it sort of all clicked. But you know, those quick forwards running those big goals that that started to change the game a little bit. Yeah, they couldn't fucking sustain it because you know they lost lost players and injuries and all the rest of it. But um, sometimes you, you get coaches that have sublime talent in their squad and, and tailor their coaching style around, you know, Sheen's at Canberra, yep. for example. Yep. You know? Like, you could have had a fucking... a clown yep. coaching 
Mullins and Stewart, Daly, Meninga, yeah. Walters. And Clyde. And, yeah, yeah, Clyde. Fucking yeah. give me a break. Was there even a salary cap in? How did that happen? <laughs> well, they got, they got done for salary cap breach in 94, I think it was. Did they really? Yeah. Did they lose any? They didn't lose points or anything like that. They just got fine. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the start of that was the end of Canberra pretty much, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, after that happened, I mean, that's um, when they're shedding the players and so on. And the game does have, you know, elements of, of evolution over time. Sometimes it's subtle, sometimes not so much. But something like the Walker brothers are doing, yeah. that's fuck. It'd be, hard it? To, it'd be hard to coach against. It changed the way the game is actually played. Absolutely. Like it wouldn't change the rules, but it would almost make it a different game, at least mm. in their games, you know. And it would, you know, it'd be difficult to coach against because, like you say, other than, you know, each club's little idiosyncrasies, yeah. there's, there's a general format to the way yeah. footy is played now. Yeah. Yeah. It's possession, yeah. completions, fucking field position, yeah. kick to the corners, you know, and then you have the individual br- brilliance sprinkled over... That's that's potentially a whole another fucking world that yeah that would frustrate the fuck out of some teams. Yep. The thing is, spent a lot of time talking about the Walker Brothers, but who knows if they are actually the ones? Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, so just the interesting thing is uh, that Danny Badera is the current caretaker. He doesn't want the job, but it's also <laughs> understood. It's, it's also understood that Mick Potter has not been shortlisted. What's, so what's Mick apply- Potter doing to himself? Well, applying for this job and not getting it. That's one thing. Okay. I don't know what else. <laughs> um, My favourite Mick Potter story came from Johnny Doran. Yeah. When he was at Bradford. They had a... Uh, at at Bradford's... Um, at their home ground, it was a function centre or whatever, and they yeah. hired it out to a gypsy wedding. <laughs> and people went looking for payment and, and starting to try and usher them out after payment was made and they fucking kicked up a sting and said they were going to trash the joint. And it's a function centre. Just happened to be in a in the, in the yeah, football, headquarters yeah. of you know in, of a football club. Um, instead of ringing security, instead of calling police, um, instead of calling the management of the actual function centre, they rang the head coach of the football club, Mick Potter, <laughs> and he had to come down and negotiate with a bunch of fucking gypsies <laughs> to get their money. <laughs> Multi-talented man. Just unfortunately, none of those talents involved coaching I, the West Tigers. I, bl- I believe they're like called travellers. <laughs> Sorry. I believe they like to be called travellers. Oh, gypsies. gypsies. Or they're from Claymore. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or Ambervale. Like yeah. Ambeater. Yes. Yeah. Now, Gypsy. Um, on the surface, Brown looks like he's the obvious favourite. I mean, he's had experience in the NRL, experience in the ESL. <coughs> and um, he you know, took out a Super League Premiership and so on. Um, also on the staff of the Blues this season, part-time coaching consultant at Melbourne Storm. Uh, Griffin, apparently, still highly regarded in the so NRL circles. Be. Um, and Brennan seems to be very highly regarded. I've seen t- so many Panthers supporters asking Gus on Twitter, "Is Brennan applying for the Newcastle job?" And Gus is like, oh, "You know, I hope he is." You know, he's like, apparently he's, he seems to be too. Yeah, apparently he seems to be, you know, a, a highly rated coach as well. So um, they're going to go through the interview process, and uh, if these four don't get through, they they haven't ruled out searching further abroad. But uh, you think it would have to have appear. Have they been to Springfield? Other. Have they watched the under eights? We're changing the game over there. It'd be classic if you're the coach of the Knights. How could I smash them so hard? Well, well you'd harder away. probably. Let's be real. <laughs> could I smash them any harder? Well, you know. <laughs> Chrissy Sandow. He'd love to have his Warrington debut over again. 
left Parramatta with a bitter taste in his mouth. He had a night to forget. 49-10 defeat at the hands of Super League leaders Leeds in his debut outing. Midway through the first half, he attempted a 40-20 that went out on the full, prompting the fans to chant, Who are you? Shortly after that, a forward pass out of dummy half saw Sandow cop what a waste of money chance from Rhinos fans. He kicked one goal and played a hand in setting up a try, but was left with little else to celebrate in what was a humbling defeat. He also took a large chunk of the flack on Twitter from fans who accused the 26-year-old of looking overweight, but Wolves head coach Tony Smith was quick to leap to his new man's defence. It'll take him a little bit of time, but he showed some patches of good play. It was tough for him. He got off a plane a week ago and had three or four training sessions with the boys. He'll get to know them and get to know his opposition better as well. He probably won't kick to Ryan Hall so much then. He'll be good for us in the long term. Wow, that's so. Backhander in there, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, maybe half time. We should have told him that, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe didn't he? Like, so, yeah. yeah, look, I know, Chris, you don't know anything about these cars, but don't kick to that wing, it's kick the other one, yeah, it's not that hard. Look, the saga of Chris Sandia, it's you know, he started the Titans in the 20s and he fucked up and he was punted, then it went to the fucking bunnies and went. Swimmingly there for a while, and it all turned sour. Then he signed a big fucking swimmingly deal. to the point where he yeah, until he earned himself a gigantic contract. Sure, over the years. And he went to Parrot, and he had some good times there. Yeah, but not, gr- but, not, well. but not great. No, no. Just like you know, not worthy of the contract that he'd signed. He um, he he never quite pinned down that fateful word consistency. He just doesn't have a game that translates to consistent week-to-week football. Yep. And when you're a halfback, that makes it really fucking tough. Yep. You can be a 5'8", you can be a center, you can be a fullback, a hooker, you can play in the forwards, and you can have moments of absolute fucking brilliance, and you can have moments of absolute fucking rubbish and get away with it. When you're controlling the entire fucking team, your median line... (laughs) <laughs> has to be a lot higher than where yeah. Chris Sandow's is. His level of brilliance can be as high or higher than fucking 90% of players in the game. His horrible, level of horrible, is, is <laughs> level also of horrible. down there with some of the fucking absolute worst in the game. Yep. It's, it's narrowing the gap between... <laughs> <laughs> Getting as far away from that bottom rung as you can and, and trying to push your median level of performance up towards uh, your absolute best. And it's it's always something that's evaded Chris Sandow. And I think he's, given the position he plays, he's uh, it, it only amplifies the fact because he does have to control the team. He does have to steer it around. And when you're doing that, you know, horribly one week out of, you know, you know sometimes it's three weeks out of five because he was never brilliant yeah. for months and no, months and months at a time was he? Yeah. so I struggle to fucking pull memories of great games of his now I can think of one because I was there but I mean I struggle to think of others mm. you know like you know the thing, the thing with Chris Sandow that I think is the problem I think he doesn't give a fuck yeah I think he just does not give a fuck well, he certainly didn't towards the end of Parramatta. And I mean, you know, it wasn't entirely his fault there. I mean, he he was starting to get ostracized and, you know, the coach clearly, you know, didn't rate him and that kind of thing. But coaches will generally persevere with players that are out of form. What they don't persevere with are players who don't give a fuck yeah. and who are showing, you know, attitude that we, you and I don't get to see. Yeah. We only get to see him 80 minutes a week. True. We don't get to see 
how they train and that kind of thing. That's the thing. And I just think he doesn't give a fuck. And he kind of goes to a new club and there's a honeymoon period until the new coach realises that, oh, no, it's not that he's out of form. It's not that he's down on confidence. He just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's when he's off to Reggie's and then the cycle begins anew. It's It astounds me that you can get all that way, come up through the ranks, you know, go through the juniors, be touted as a star, play for yep. the schoolboys, get to play all the rep squads, which he did. Make a lot of money. Make it to the NRL, you know, have a couple of stumbling blocks along the way, but play well enough that a club goes, you know what, we're going to pay you half a fucking million dollars mm-hmm. per season mm-hmm. to play, to do something you've been doing since you were six years of age. For free. We we want you to fucking come and do that for us. And the moment it fucking doesn't quite work out where you just have to trot out there and fucking dominate every week, which it doesn't for any player, and you've no. got to work at it, it's like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> that, nah, nah, it's not for me. Pokies aren't sassing me like you are, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Coach. <laughs> you know who'll talk to me? Queen of the Nile. She's just doling out free spins. All you're giving me is fucking criticism. Give me fucking lip cunt. (laughs) Justin Hodges. Speaking of lippy cunts. Uh, Justin Hodges called time on his uh, NRL career on Monday. He'll allegedly go down alongside Steve Renoff as Broncos' best centre and alongside Mal Meninga and Gene Miles as Queensland's best centre. He debuted for the Broncos as a 17-year-old in the 2000 season playing wing against Canberra Raiders. He finished his career 15, 15 years later with 13 tests and 24 State of Origin appearances. He's won two premierships, one with the Roosters in 2002 and one with the Brisbane in 2006. And, uh, yeah. He's one of those players. Every club has at least one. He's, he's at the top end of uh, players whose own team's fans absolutely fucking adore. And their fans of every other club in the competition can't stand. Yeah, although on Friday night I saw this. You and I both know that some of the staunchest of staunch Brisbane fans in existence. Yep. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Let me tell you, there was a mass turnage. There was. On Justin Hodges. You're at the top of the table. You can afford to drop fucking, you know, six points or something. He was particularly woeful in the back end of the game. Yeah. 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 He lost them the game. Don't get me wrong. But. Just the, you know, they would have been celebrating his retirement <laughs> the day after, or, you know, sorry, three days later. His career's had its ups and downs. His origin debut, um, the the fallout with the Broncos that led him to going to play for the Roosters. Yep. Then coming back. Um, he's had some fucking wonderful moments, though. He's had some niggly moments where he's made a complete cunt of himself on the football field. Yeah, yeah. Um, but every, every fortnight, essentially. Just a, a guy... I maintain that I don't think I ever saw Justin Hodges hit top pace. Yeah. I think, like, earlier in his career, whenever he made a break, he only ever ran as fast as he had to, but I never saw anyone catch him and run him down. I reckon that was probably less to do with the fact that it was it was it wasn't his top speed, and more the fact that I think he just might have just had an easy gait that made him look mm. made it look like he made it made it look easy. You know what I mean? It just it never looked like he was fucking exerting himself, even when yeah. he's you know running seventy meters. Yeah. Um, and there's players that are busting their gut trying to catch him, and he's just yeah. he's not streaking away from them by any stretch, but they're not catching him. Yeah. Yeah. He um 
you know, had some magnificent games for, for Queensland and the Broncos and, and, you know, obviously represented Australia as well. Um, there's not a there's not many more polarising players in the NRL at the moment. Greg Bird's another one. Yep. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's, there wouldn't be a fan base that he's got offside, including his own. Yep, that's right. Over the course of his career, so, um, and that's no mean feat for a bloke, but, you know, he's done me half running, his, his fucking step, his leadership, um, and the fact that he, he'll, uh, he goes above and beyond to try and get every competitive advantage he can and niggle his way uh, to victory and has done his whole career. And, you know, I think it's probably right. This is probably the right time for him. Yep. I think if he, you know, given the fact that he retired from Origin this year, if he come back next year, it was it was purely, um, would have been for his own reasons. Yeah. The Broncos are there, you know, they've got Copley waiting in the wings. Um so, congratulate him. He's had a fucking wonderful career, um, but it could have could have been that much better had he not struggled with injury quite so much. And just struggled with his innate desire to be a cunt. Well, there's that twenty four seven. Something I didn't know though, though, until I read this article, that he was initially signed by the Crushers, right, for a t-shirt as a fourteen year old, and he would have played for the Crushers, but for the fact that they folded. So, uh, sign him for a t shirt, <laughs> t shirt, yeah. So, there you go. So, the I mean, fuck this was a t shirt worth? <laughs> I don't know, it must be a pretty fucking flash t shirt, though. But, um, yeah, this was you know, they folded in 1997, so he would have been signed before that, which you know puts us right in the era where you know you still got dial up internet and you know have websites and the news online where you don't hear all of you know the back, you know, mm. background stuff. So, it's just something that the fact that it never crossed my path before, which I thought was interesting. Now, this guy from the Bulldogs, you know, David Minute, David Minute. Has to be Minute. Yes. Fuck, he's lasted a minute. <laughs> a young Bulldogs NRL player has destroyed his career after calling a female club coach and making masturbation noises. David Minute, we'll say, 22 years of age, was placed on a 12-month good behaviour bond in Burwood local court on Tuesday after pleading guilty to using a phone to harass, offend or menace. The court heard the charges stem from a practical joke gone horribly wrong on July 19. So they've turned it around very quickly. That's the first thing I thought. Gee, the, you know, the, the wheels of justice don't usually turn around, turn in two weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Mm. Very quick. Very, um... I mean, normally you get 14 adjournments and fucking recesses and, you know, you don't... By the time the story... <coughs> It's played out in the public arena. It's it's twelve to eighteen months old. Yep. And so the doggies, I believe, have sacked him. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the right thing to do. Um, I'd love to know a what the practical joke was. Like, what was the funny part of it? What was the intention of it? And b, what was the masturbation noises? Like what? Like are you, are you asking me to make some? I'm just no. I'm just I'm just curious as what. I'm going to need something to work with. So I mean, I know it was a. I know it was a harassing pattern. I mean, I think it was like eight calls or something like that. I think I read oh, somewhere. Wow. So it wasn't like one call. But yeah, it's just just mind blowing. And here we go. Like I said before, dickheads are going to do dickhead things. Absolutely. He's another chief dickhead. And this guy, he wasn't too far away from cracking first grade from what I saw. I remember seeing his name come up as a a possible 
you know, runner. You know, when they're bringing like you guys like Lane in and you know get some injuries into forwards, he was kind of on that next that next, next rung, yeah, next tier ready to come in. Yeah, just bewilders me that the thought process that you've got a, a female member, and again, it comes down to professionalism. This is a female member of staff. It's not, I mean, it wouldn't have made it right if it was just a member of the public. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's it's still is, his behaviour still as fucking ridiculous as as it is regardless. But it's it's a member of staff in your professional football club that is employing you. Do you see every day? Most probably face to face every day. Sure. Just the thought process. Yeah. And. I must admit, I haven't been right up on the story. The impression that I got that it was it was one call, but now it. You know, no, I think that, it was a series. That's yeah. serious harassment, and that's, and that's why that's why they probably had a pattern of harassment that they could actually prosecute on. Absolutely but ridiculous. Apparently, he was on ninety grand a year, and um, and and he was you know supporting eight family members. Wow! So, when you're the breadwinner in that kind of situation. You think you know? We talk about these young dickheads, and they talk about their age a lot, but. <laughs> I know I wasn't that much of a dickhead at age 22, but also if I was thrust into the position where I was kind of like providing for eight family members, that sort of puts an extra level of like, you know, age and, you know, maturity, you'd think. You'd think. On the shoulders. How do you go home and tell eight family members, well, look, I was pretending to jerk off on the phone to a female staff member. So we're on the bread and baked beans for a while, guys. (laughs) Forever. Yeah, forever. (laughs) Or maybe you guys can go out and get jobs. Yeah, yeah. So um, just another another dickhead's going to do dickhead things, and um, this one, well, you know, maybe instead of doing masturbation noises, maybe he should have just told the the staffer uh, that you know to fire up, and you know that he was ready to spurt sauce. Now he's going to be making unemployment noises. Well, now he's making unemployment noises, but yeah, I just wanted to illustrate that you know some higher profile players said things a lot worse and got a lot less. Punishment. And I don't believe that I stacked over it. Again, it comes down to enforcement by the governing body. Yep. It's easy to kick, uh, you know, it's easy to kick a guy out that hasn't played no one's heard much, of. if any, first grade. Yeah. Um, and make a bit of an example of him, but it's the the real strides are made when, you know, a big domino falls and, and they're treated with the, the same level of discipline and, and expectation of their behaviour off the field as uh, people that are yet to make it to the same level in in the game. Okay, for the good people, Tool Nation Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the chance to check out their service. And if you like it, keep on rolling. If you don't, cancel the account any time. I've been doing some recommendations over the last couple of weeks uh, for books maybe to get you started if you have no idea what you want to listen to to uh, get involved in the world of audiobooks. This one, I haven't actually heard myself. I've downloaded it. I'm going to listen to it over the rest of this week. But I was just looking for something a bit different today, and uh, I definitely found it. The title is, uh, As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride. And I dropped a reference earlier in this episode, and um, completely unplanned, and it turned out to dovetail nicely. Now, this one is, um, it's come from a book written by Carrie Ells, who was like the main character who um, in, the, in The Princess Bride. And 
given it's the audiobook version, like the book that he wrote was kind of was, was kind of recollections from the filming and stories from the filming of the movie. This one though, because the audiobook version, he's actually got like you know Christopher Guest, Carol Kane, Norman Lear, Rob Reiner, Wallace Shawn, Robin Wright, and Billy Crystal on the the audiobook as well, doing you know their parts. So very interesting. Uh, obviously, the one they're missing there is the is the uh, dearly departed Andre the Giant was in it but um some very good stories i'm told very very good reviews uh, on audible so i'll grab to listen to and i thought i'd recommend it to you guys so if you want to download it for free go to audibletrial.com forward slash this week in league and uh sign up grab your free audiobook and that one again was as you wish inconceivable tales from the making of the princess bride by carrie Ells. Recaps for round 22 of the 2015 National Rugby League Telstra Premiership kicked off Friday night football. The Brisbane Broncos, oh sorry, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, 18, defeat the Brisbane Broncos, 16 at Suncorp, crowd of just a touch over 34,000. And uh, this one, the Bulldogs, 18, tries to Aidan Tolman, Sam Perrett, Josh Morris, Hodkinson, three of three conversions. And the Broncos, 16, tries to Corey Oates, a double in fact, Corey Parker, and two from three conversions to Corey Parker. It was the Bulldogs of old, almost. They were gritty. They never said die. Uh, and the ugly, the uglier a portion of a game gets, the, the, the more chance the dogs are of coming out on top. They uh, it looked like the Broncos were, were going to right the ship after their ordinary performance against Manly the week before. But the dogs weathered the... Broncos early storm and just continually turn the screws and the Broncos just eventually started coming up with errors under pressure. Yep. Hodges come up with a couple. There's a few other drop balls um, and just silly little things that come with fatigue and and constant pressure that the, the Bulldogs built. I um, it's, it's a long way from their best performance but I, I thought it was a really important game uh, for the Bulldogs heading into the finals, um, they're probably looking like they're going to be bottom eight unless they, they get a real move on. But um, they're going to be a side that, that teams that aren't going to enjoy playing. They've got a forward pack that can really hurt you. If they get on a roll, then um, they've certainly got the combination in you know in the halves. Moses and Boy um, and... Michael, is it Michael? It's Michael Leisha, isn't it? Yep. Um, those guys are, are really, I won't say unsung because they are getting a few raps, but Leisha in particular, like there was not much being said about him the first third of the season. He's just grown into his position in that side and, and he's, he's really important to what the Bulldogs are doing and obviously um, the momentum and, and the impetus for the, the forwards hitting it, you know, on the edges or, or with this short in a change of passing trying to to spread the numbers. It all starts with him and he, oh, I think he does a fantastic job. And uh Moses Mbai is he's a fucking talent, that kid. Yeah. Absolute talent in every sense. 
really uh, enjoyed watching him play live. Um, and I thought this was a... There was a fair few errors, but overall I thought as far as a contest went, this was a fairly gripping and compelling uh, contest, especially live. You could f- really feel the intensity um, from from where we, we sit. And uh, just some of the tackles, some of the collisions, the longer the game went on and the, the higher the level of intensity, um, it, it really augurs well for a good final s- series should both these teams make it. Um, I think the Broncos are starting to get the yips. Um, I guess performances like this will probably be bound to happen. They, I think they've won eight, seven or eight in a row prior to last week and um, Manly come out and really... Fucking slaughtered them. Took it to them. Annihilated. Um, <laughs> Anald. Uh, and the Dogs would have taken some, some leverage out of that. And I think, unfortunately, the Griffin years are still fresh in the memory of, of, of the Broncos and they haven't quite... Um, being raised out of their memory banks, so some of those performances where you know they they went into games and were a little bit flat, a little bit underdone, and and teams got them on the hop, and and come away with a victory at, even at Suncorp. Something Bennett really needs to 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 get out of their system prior to the finals, because there's going to come a time in the finals, be it the grand final or earlier, where they're really only going to they're going to have to get it together on that day. They're not going to be, oh, you know, it's 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 going to be sudden death football and they're not going to have another chance. And if they put together a performance like they did here against the Bulldogs, they'll get dusted. Yep. Um, just just quickly, finally, on the, on this game, I really felt like Brisbane had control of the game and, and the, they lost control of the ruck and couldn't get it back. And then the Dogs really started to lift off the back of that. Leisha started to really get them rolling forward. Mumbai was getting the outside backs, good early ball. Um, and just, uh, it's Brisbane style works, and it's impressive when it does work, but it's by no means invincible, and I think that's been proven the last couple of weeks. Yeah, my old, my theory um, is more that Manly smashed them so hard. They hope soloed them. Gaps like hope soloed. They 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 smashed them so hard that they prolapsed, and couldn't and couldn't close the gaps up enough in a week. And he's just all- trolling people like <laughs> Sam. <laughs> just want him to come and make jokes about fisting and he's, horrible things. He started that shit. <laughs> up twenty three. Broncos won plenty when teams didn't care. Can't win shit against hungry teams. Hash funny game rugby league. He's trying to bring it back. GT351 underscore Johns, much needed win. Plus, we beat those Broncos featuring Grubber Tub Hodges. Great come from behind win, doggies. Fuck you, Broncos. Wow. Mr. Underscore Wars, you could be raped and post and a post-rape press conference by Uncle Wayne just makes everything feel better. It's all okay. We're all good. No probs. <laughs> whitewash, whitewash, whitewash. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles, 28. Destroyed the South Sydney Rabbleos 8 at Brookvale Oval. Just over 15,000 in attendance. This one, the 28, came from a double to Jake Turbo, the young young Gary Busey, and Peter Hiku. Three tries, a hat-trick, as good wingers do. And Jamie Lyon got three of five conversions and a penalty goal. The Rabbits, 8, came from a try to Alex Johnson. Very late consolation try. One conversion from Reynolds and a penalty to Reynolds. Okay, now people are starting to take notice of Manly. <laughs> yeah, that's right, um, bitches. I fucking told yous. If they'd beaten any other side, it might have been put off a week, but the fact that it was the Rabbitohs and, and the mystique that the Rabbitohs are still held, even though they're not the same side that they were last year, 
uh, and the fact that Manly really stuck it to them and, and gave them a bit of a toweling, to be quite frank. Um, it's it's made everyone stand up and take notice, and now when people are talking about the eight, they're starting to factor Manly into the equation. So, um, Which is very premature, in my opinion. We still have oh, to have some things go our way. They could lose two games and, and slip away, and, and but... We could form. win all games and exactly. and still, you know, unless we flog some teams, you know, if if the other teams win certain games, I mean, you know, it might not work for us either. Sure. I think, uh, I don't know if, if the Rabbitohs really want to admit it or, or if, if it's something they're trying hard to overcome, but their diminished pack this season and the lack of Sam Burgess's leadership is becoming more and more evident the closer we get to the business end of the season. Start of the season, they blasted out of the blocks and they were killing everyone, and it looked like it was it was Souths and, and Daylight second, and, and people were playing for, for minor placings. But as the season's worn on, they've had their share of injuries and 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 guys that aren't in the best of form, and you know George and and Tom aren't Sam, and that's becoming you know they're different t- types of players. He was a real leader and would really step up those guys you know are probably a a bit too young b not the same style of player yeah you know they're good for a big run but they're also good for some ruck penalties and some drop ball as well just they're not they're not good but they're not even good at what they're good at anymore you know what i mean Mm. is it this they're just not the same at all yeah i i think you know come the finals time they still have you know your Reynolds, who's, you know, and Sutton, English, you know, there's, there's still an element of battle-hardened guys there. They're premiership winners. They've been there and, and, and got the job done. But I, I just think that there was a lot going on last season that come off the back of Sam Burgess, and, and they're going to find themselves in a final series and look over their shoulder and realise once and for all that he's not there this if season. You, if you look at the table, they may not find themselves in a final series too. They've got the hardest run coming in home. I think they've got three decent games out of the next four. <coughs> and if they lose those three games, they're a chance of dropping out the arse. Mm. So um, it's, it's, it's amazing to think, considering they were you know, almost the preordained, undefeated back-to-back sure. premiers of the world. Um, but this one, it was just, once again, another fancied, fancied forward pack, and Manly rolled through them with ease. And, uh, you know, the attack is fi- it's, it's finally come back. Everything's clicking. Shit's happening on the left, and it's working. Did this on, on this particular night... Left-hand side didn't, didn't cop any tries. But Jamie Lyon, the last, like, three weeks, he's been fucking next level. I mean, the way that he has played and some of the passes that he's delivered. I mean, you see that pass he did for Hiku's try where he was running, he was sort of spearing in towards the posts and manages to get it back and pass it back perfectly to Hiku. I mean, Hiku, there was a lot of talk about Hiku being selected over um, uh, Tommy Turbo. What I heard uh, from the club ultimately was that... Um, He's a New Zealand representative, and you know, experience, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and this was a big game, and you know, you know. At the end of the day, I mean, it's fantastic. He scored a hat trick, um, but two or three of those those tries were, were Darius Boyd specials too, where Jamie <laughs> Lyon just gave him an absolute fucking pearl of a pass, yeah. and he was five meters away from the nearest defender when he went over the line. One of them he had to work for, but um, yeah, still a great effort. Uh, it, certainly, nothing happened on his side of the field defensively. That's for sure. 
you know, was, you know, negative things happen defensively. And uh, the try that they ultimately got in the end was, you know, the, the most consolation-y consolation try ever. I mean, I wish they hadn't have got that because I did pick Manly by 30, I think, on the show last week. And at that point, they were leading 28-2 and it was looking pretty fucking good. But, um, you know, almost a flawless performance. Uh, loved it. And uh, Jake Turbo, fucking hell. Almost a revelation of the season, the way this kid's going. Just tremendous. Ryan Finance, don't forget guys, South were legitimately, in capitals, predicted by some to have an undefeated premiership run this season. Warriors suck balls. I hope the Seagulls win the whole thing. Twos deserves one last chance to show the world how screwed up the board is. Oh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Bay Bay BNC, that's 2008 level defence tonight. And best of all, no noise from those bin dippers in the burrow. Hash started from the bottom, now we're here. At Shane Aaron Elvis. Taking the two so early was blood in the water for the Seagulls. Outplayed and somehow outclassed by Manly. It's sickening. Life of Ty. That sound you heard was a lot of top eight club fans' asses tightening as one. Manly are coming from behind them to claim and rain. And finally, Beer Boy 182. Tom Turbo over Petter, but scored a hat-trick of tries like good wingers do. Hashiku Haiku is coming back. The St. George Illawarra Dragons, 36, defeat the New Zealand Warriors, 0 in front of a crowd of just under 18,500. This is a mystifying fucking scoreline. The Dragons 36 came from tries of Justin Hunt, Gareth Widdop, Mitch Rain, Marketo, Matautia, uh, Tyson Frizzell, Widdop, four of six conversions and two from two penalty goals. And yeah, the Warriors, nothing. Duck egg. That's their third duck egg, second duck egg in three weeks, is it, or four weeks? They went down to nothing against, against the Roosters. And then went Manly. down, what and then we uh, beat them by, beat them by like fucking heaps, but I think they might have got eight or 12, I think, on the board. Sure. Warriors um, were diabolical, bro. Ordinary day all round if you're a Kiwi. The All Blacks and the almost All Blacks lost. Um, and just, I don't think the Dragons are, uh, are a fantastic fucking rugby league <laughs> side, and they got yeah. dusted 36-0 by them. Um just on the Dragons, some of the tries they fucking scored were, were just a sad indictment on where the Warriors are at at the moment. Um, and all credit to the Dragons, they, they you know they executed the plays, etc. But you had fucking Tyson, Tyson Frizzell just fucking storming through without a, you know barely a hand laid on him. Marquetto's <laughs> out jumping fucking outside backs to, to score. Um, Widdop strolled through like it was a Sunday afternoon in the park. Yep. Just ridiculous ridiculous ease and that's actually that some not, of those points were scored not restricted to this game either this was just the first game of the round where this, this shit started happening I mean because there's plenty more of that to come yeah I, I think for the Dragons obviously you know still a strong hope to, to make the finals with some, some positive results to, to finish the season out but there's a lot you know certainly last week there was a lot being said about Benji's brilliance and, and he started this game out well with a, a beautiful ball to, to hunt to put him over out wide I just think if the Dragons are going to do anything, it's, it's becoming obvious that Widdop's control and not Benji's brilliance is, is the key to any hope that they have. Widdop is just a fucking fantastic footballer. Benji's brilliant, and he has his moments of absolute fucking out-of-this-world play that, that other players can't muster. But he's got some plays in his game that other players don't want to muster mm-hmm. as well. Um, and that puts his side under enormous amounts of pressure at times, whereas Widdop is just fucking solid and brilliant at the same time. Just a, just a class footballer all around. Um, 
I just hope that Benji has the ability to defer to him, you know, regardless of how often it needs to happen, whenever it needs to happen, I hope that he I hope that he can tone the ego down a little bit for the sake of the team. I hope, you know, maturity and experience has, has given him that skill. All right, uh, Mup23, there's a couple of really terrible performances in terms of uh, tweets this week, and this is the first game. Mup23, I know the Warriors can be rocks when they want to, but losing to the Dragons by 30 fucking 6? Yep. That's funny game, Rugby League. Yeah, I mean, remember when the Dragons, you know, probably three months ago, they were like, you know, they can't attack, but they've got this fucking defence. <coughs> yeah. This defence that just won't let anything through. So, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll beat you, you know, 12-4. But uh, 36, 36, 36 nil. I mean, this time of season too, when you're one of the clubs that's in the dogfight over seventh and eighth positions, you know, 36 plus 36 for and against and two yeah, competition it's, points. It's, it's just literally like cold. the Warriors, in in light of Johnson's injury, have just turned up their toes. They're they're playing for they're playing for first draft pick now. <laughs> it's just for them. They're about fifth when the wheels fell off. I think so. You know, they're not going to be able to sink all the way down to the spoon. But holy shit, if if Johnson had been injured earlier, they would have been bottomless last by a long way Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 30 defeat the North Queensland Cowboys 18 at the tip at Ramondas in front of a crowd of just under 14,000 the uh, Sharkies tries to Michael Gordon Ricky Latelli Jack Bird Jared Beal Wade Graham Gordon 4 or 5 conversions and a penalty the Cowboys 18 came from tries to Winterstein Linnett Matthew Wright Jonathan Thurston 2 or 3 conversions and a penalty I think the Sharks have the tools They've got some class outside backs. They've got a, a, a great pack of forwards. Uh, I'm not sure what to say about the halves. They're Zero solid. halves. They're there. They're kind they're of there. They're solid. They're there. Um, they probably don't miss a huge amount of tackles. They're not dead. They're not dead. That's a positive. They're actually living humans. They, uh, you know, if they weren't there, then the Sharks would only have 11 players on the field. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's and that would, that, you think that would be more of a disadvantage than having these two Bernies in the middle. <laughs> so, despite the tools that they have, do they have the belief throughout the club that they can do it? Their fan base want to believe. They really want to, but they don't. They want to, but they don't. They do. Yeah. Um, games like this will help. Cowboys, there's a lot of people talking the Cowboys up as premiership favourites and they've dusted them. And, uh, you know, they'll get... A level of confidence out of that but whether it's true belief uh come finals time when you you know if they make it deep into the finals and they're trying to play for a spot in a grand final and they get dusted 30 nil like they did in 2008 <laughs> maybe it's that sort of belief maybe the belief that that will happen a little bit concerned about the cowboys they're starting to rest players and some of their performances have been a little bit patchy of late. They've had to come from behind, and, and all credit to them for, for being able to do that. I just think they might have peaked a little bit too early, and we've said it before. And with performances like this, um, you know, they they rested Scott. There was talk that they were going to rest JT this week. It, it almost feels like they're just tapering for the finals now. Yeah. But it can't, I, it can't, be, good. Sure. It can't be good to take losses... Even if that is yeah, the plan, you, you need know? to. I just feel like you need to be giving a hundred. If you're only a month out, you need to be fine tuning. You'd like to have and, momentum at this stage. And just absolutely, you know, sharpening 
every last aspect of your game. Not taking your most dominant forward out for a week. Not taking the most dominant player in the game out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Have they have they they, uh, indicated they're going to rest JT this week now after that loss? I haven't heard him since, but there was talk last week that he was going to. After okay, he's named. He's named inside at seven. So um, just want to check that. Yeah, but good win for the Sharkies. A little bit concerned about the Cowboys. They really need to. it just seems like things are just a touch off kilter, and it, when you're talking finals football, it doesn't have to be far off. And I think they've got to uh, got to arrest it. Beer boy one eight two. You can guess what's going to happen next, right? Beer boy one eight two. Hope the Cowboys fans rummage through a bag of dicks, find a nice big one, and ride it for the regulation eight seconds, nice and hard. Luke Shark seventy four. A massive bag of conspiracy dicks are currently being eaten in far north Queensland. Normal Saturday night, then hash up up Cronulla. Special K online. Fanning can't even stop us. Eat, sleep, drop off bags of dicks. <laughs> we've actually Same. made we've made it. Oh, look, I want to I want to give Luke Shark seventy four credit. I think he was the one that started it, and then I commented on the fact that he always said it, and now it's become actually like a a thing that Sharks fan base does to celebrate victories to to, to wish bags of dicks upon their you know beaten opposition. Uh, G Campbell underscore eighty eight. I can't remember a game where both teams are trying to out scream each other in the rest fault stakes so much. <laughs> That's true. I mean the Cowboys didn't really get refereed. I don't think that the game was really refereed at all for them in the first half, to be fair. Wally Frogmore, I'm not saying it's hash for feeder's fault, but is it a coincidence the Sharks playing so well this week? Well Maybe that's why they got all the calls from the referee. Because they didn't have the uh, ref bully in their maybe. side. Maybe. Parramatta Eels 10 to feed the Penrith Panthers 4 up in Darwin at TIO. Crowd of just under 8,500. And this one was an absolute fucking vuvuzela of the highest order. And I dub thee the worst game of the season. It shan't, It shall not be topped. It shall not be topped. I'm saying I'm categorically right now, there are games with New- Newcastle is playing in the last couple of rounds this season, but this game will not be fucking topped. Eels 10. Tries to semi. Reese Robinson, Luke Kelly, one or two conversions. No, sorry, no, he missed his penalty goal. Panthers, four. I tried to miss the bean. Wonga Blake. <sighs> <sighs> Fuck this game so hard, oh, man. Oh, I've been a Penrith <laughs> apologist for a few seasons now, and this game is fucking indefensible. Just what a fucking absolute woeful exhibition of, of rugby league. They took this game. They took this game interstate as, a, as an exhibition of the quality of our sport. The people in Darwin would have went, as if it's not bad enough, we live in fucking Darwin. You send this shit up what for is our this, what, what is this sport that you're presenting to us as this one-off exhibition sort of thing? This, this is fucking <coughs> dreadful. I'm not going to watch this shit ever again. Unfucking believable Two teams should be ashamed of themselves. The fact that Parramatta got to take two premiership com- premiership points away for winning this absolute fucking bag of tripe yep. they called a football match is is disgraceful. Um, you know when Reese Robinson takes a regulation hit up, bursts through the line, and runs pretty well the length of the field to score the decisive try in a game. There's nothing left to be said, and, and rugby league is poorer for the experience that was this game. Oh, just... Fuck this game. Let's not talk about it any longer. The way it was won, though. <laughs> like, the winning play in this game yeah. was just the most... 
He was straight out. Of, that was like that was like uncoached under eights. Yeah, exactly. Dummy half. Let's go. <laughs> Ridiculous. Scarecrow, the Scarecrow, twenty-three. If the power Penrith game is not described as as hopeless as Chapo trying to fuck something this week, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> and that game was as hopeless as Chapo trying to fuck something, Glenn. Didn't let him down. Shutter eighty-six. Was I the only one who was hoping for a surprise bombing raid by the Japanese to put both teams out of their misery? <laughs> <laughs> Hash Diaboricor. He always makes me laugh. A great man. So racist biscuits. That's true. An accent. You can't hate on someone for talking an accent on this show. Yeah, I suppose so. That's true. Boring game, huh? You must follow Penrith. What I saw was an absolute exclamation point on our undefeated asterisk road to glory in capitals. Hash Kelly. And his name now is Hash Luke Kelly Can Kick. Nice. Ah, Benso. One of the truly awful games to watch. Can't believe we're coming out of it with two points. Melbourne Storm, 36. Defeat the Gold Coast Titans, 14. Down at Amy Park, just over 10,500. Storm's 36 came from doubles. And Matt Duffy, Corabetti, Munster Hattrick. Will Chambers also tries and uh, Cameron Smith 4 of 7 conversions defeating the Titans 14 Kane Elgy Josh Hoffman scored tries Caesar 2 of 2 and a penalty goal Munster with a breakout performance yep quality game I um, I was impressed with the way he played I, I haven't sort of I haven't seen a, a great deal of him but he uh, he's a fucking good player Yep. Is that the, that's a logical backup for, for Slater now? Logical replacement, yeah. yeah. Yep. Transition plan. I thought the Titans really started full of energy. Um, and then the moment things got tough, they turned their fucking toes up. And the, and the Storm just went about their business and, and ran away with a pretty convincing win. Cooper Cronk with a bit of an embarrassing moment. <laughs> that we tried to trap that ball. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so graceful. There was so much poise. It was so... Thrusty. It, just... it was like in the big show in the 2020 when he went for that big fucking swing yeah. on the, and then he let it go. He, he even puts every sinew into trying to trap the ball. It's, even when he fucks it up, it looks beautiful. Yeah, there was a couple of uh, yeah, a couple of sinews weren't quite in alignment there and the ball went straight through. That's it. <laughs> it's funny though, but because he's Cooper Cronk and he's the only thing that gets those guys over the line, <laughs> he's just sort of like, oh, fucking, that was hilarious. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, mate. <laughs> We're not going to say shit. Don't leave. You're too intense. <laughs> you got anything else to say about this game? No, that's about it. Oh, I thought the highlight for me was was Kronk trying to fucking trap the ball like it was Christ the Redeemer. The, hi- the highlight for me was that the Storm had to win by 16 and they weren't at one stage. I mean, it was looking actually a lot tighter and they got a couple of months to finish off his hat trick and they got up there and uh, my bet was happy. Only to fall down in the next match. Fucking roosters! I just want before this. Oh, I'm so fucking pissed off at the roosters. I, I said on Twitter if, this, if they didn't fucking win by eighteen, I was going to murder a fucking random follower of mine that follows the roosters. Dead set. I had this fucking multi that was twelve to one, UFC and stuff. Got through all the UFC on Sunday morning. Got through a, a slight scare for Storm plus six by uh, minus sixteen. Then I had the roosters minus eighteen. Cunts are leading thirty two nil at one stage. Mm. 26 nil at half time, 32 nil, like, you know, 43 minutes like in. It is going to be an absolute fucking and I'm like, I only got to win by 16. I'm fucking 
you know, internally, I'm doing a victory lap. It's fantastic. I've just made a lot of money. Then they let the cunts back into the game to the point where I think it got to be something like 32-22. And I'm like, it's still good. There's still time. They score a try. Get it out to 16. Fucking come on. Let's go. Nope. Fucking hate the Roosters now. 38-22, the win. Hunter Stadium, just under 18,000. The Roosters, 38. Tries to Daniel Tupo, James Maloney, Brendan Elliott. A hat-trick to two of Arsashek. Kane Evans with a try. Maloney, five of seven conversions. The Knights, 22. Came from tries, too. Sione Matautia. Uh, Joseph Tapine, um, Jeremy Smith, Kirk Gidley. Tyrone Roberts. Gold Coast Titans bound. Yeah. Tyrone Roberts. We're hearing three of four conversions. Tremendous player. Tyrone Roberts. Certainly the established half, a star half that the Titans have been looking for exactly all season. Exactly right. Trading up from DCE, the Titans. One question I wanted to ask before this game had even started. How did Blake Ferguson get the captaincy over Letters? And this is Letters after he played one of the greatest games of his career the week before. Yeah. One of the greatest games in recent prop history. And showed his... um. And showed his leadership qualities as well with that, with that kick chase where he belted Gidley into the yep. finger single-handedly. That's captain material. But even even so, why not why not Maloney? Sure. Why not fucking anyone except for this this fucking sex offender who's been there for two minutes? Just they keep enabling it. Yep. And but, keep but, saying it's okay. What you did was okay. But so redemption. Yeah. Such redemption. Horse shit. <laughs> Come finals time, do the Chooks have these mid-game lapses where they literally can't defend a paper airplane, a paper airplane assault on their defences? <laughs> Just it didn't matter. There was a period of the game there where it didn't really matter what Newcastle did; they fucking scored. Yep. Yep. I wish that period lasted eighty minutes. Fucking unbelievable. Nights though, they, they remember they fell very heavily behind to the Broncos not long ago either. And, and they came back, back the same yeah. sort of way, yeah. Thirty-two nil. The Roosters looked like everything they touched was going to result in points. Yeah. Um, and they were they were muscling up in defence. They were tough. They bustled them, put them under pressure. They were, Knights were fucking everything up. And, and it looked like they were going to touch sixty. Yeah. Honestly, I was. Yeah, I was like, if they don't crack fifty, yeah, I'm going to be surprised. And they just fell asleep. They did it. The week before against the Dogs and, and were good enough to, to regroup and, and they've done it again here. I don't know that that's something you can really fucking rely on. I think you're going to have to keep your... You know, the closer we get to the finals and certainly in the final series, you keep your foot to the floor. Yep. You don't have those lapses because a better side than the Knights could quite possibly have just ground out. Once they, they got back into the game, they could have kept, you know their hands around the throat and just slowly tighten the grip and, and come away with a close victory in the end. This this game had some of the most fucking laughable errors. You, you'd be forgiven for thinking neither of these sides were finals bounds, not just the not the, the Knights. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the fucking poor old Nathan Ross. Oh, fucking dropped the kick off. Then a bomb goes up and he jumps and gets nowhere near it. Yeah. Gives up a try. Um, Evans for the Roosters is fucking what mowing across field. There's only what mow can do, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a new what mow. Crabbing across. These kids are fucking aggressive beast of a human being. Just bashing <laughs> people. Here he is just crabbing across field with no one around him. And then he fucking goes to 
I don't know if he was trying to tuck it under his arm or pass it or do something. It just fucking drops it. Cold as a spud. <laughs> just some of these mistakes are just ludicrous. Um, but having said that, some of the tries that they scored as well, um, the Roosters were, 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 were good footy. And that's the thing we need to remember with... When they're at their best, they're fuck. They're good to watch, and they're very hard to stop. So, uh, more of that stuff, and less of the letting shit teams score points against you at a rapid rate of knots. And the Roosters will be looking okay. Jake underscore Chook. Looks like the Roosters may have let the wrong half go. Roosters haven't missed a beat in 2015 when missing Pierce. Butsy triple eight. Hastings went well too. I thought. Yeah. Butsy triple eight in a game where players were scoring at will. The Roosters number four managed to abstain. Ash sticky fingers. Ash Cosby-esque. Wow. Ash foe redemption. Billy Boy 887 Not should forfeit the last few rounds and just go to Bali. It's where they obviously want to be. It's that obvious. Monday night foot bitch. The West Tigers 20 defeat the Canberra Raiders 18 down there in Canberra in a crowd of 8,704. No doubt would have been a freezing ass night. The Tigers 20 tries to sue Paddy Richards Tedesco, Luke Brooks, Paddy Richards, two or four conversions. One of the most useful aspects of his game has turned to shit over the last month and a half. Raiders, 18 came from double to Shannon Boyd. Jared Croker also with a try and three of three conversions. Cirque de Tedesco rolls into another town and entertains. <laughs> He's a fucking athlete. He's an acrobat. He's People in Manly would have been fucking gutted that they never saw it this year. Sorry? People in Manly would have been gutted that they never got to see Cirque de Tedesco. They came in, pitched their tents. No one turned up, though. <laughs> Fuck Manly. Another cracking game. His stats were ridiculous. A try, a try assist, uh, four line breaks, some number of tackle busts. That a thousand tackle busts. A th- it, was, it was over a thousand. Um, and run for 48 kilometres. I mean, there's nothing, it's not much more that you can say, but I'm going to continue to say things about him because I love talking about him. Um, you know, he went into Canberra. I said he was going to do it. He shone like the fucking sun. The sun hasn't shone there in fucking 84 years. James Tedesco rolls in, lightens the place up. People are like, fuck, I don't need the weed or the fireworks or the fucking porn. I don't need any of that shit. I just saw James Tedesco at his absolute fucking best. And that's good enough for me. Keep your porn. <laughs> Keep your porn. I just saw rugby league porn at its finest. <laughs> Shannon Boyd, <coughs> big unit for the what Raiders. About him? He is as strong as he is sinfully fucking ugly. I call him Chapo Boyd. <laughs> I did liken him to Chapo, but I, I think Chapo's still uglier. But Shannon Boyd, he's a, he's a fucking very ugly human being. If I find out that he. he has you know shacked up with a beauty, yeah. As football players tend to do, yeah. I'll, I'll give up on humanity. He deserves a princess Fiona and not the good side. This gold diggers. He needs a princess Fiona, the ogre. <laughs> Fucking Jesus, that guy's got a head like a smash crab flavored drop pie. Jesse Sue for the Tigers stood up again in in Marty Tapau's absence. I think 2016 is going to be a huge year for him. Um, when Gavay was at the club last season, he really took uh, Jesse and Ava under his under his wing, and he was a bit of a uh, you know they looked up to him, 
and he sort of had his issues at the club and, and couldn't find a decent watch and, and wouldn't turn up to training. Yeah, not really the guy you want to be taking the youngsters yeah, exactly, on the Exactly, and that was what I was concerned about. When he left, would they drop their heads? Marty's come in and he's become that that, that front runner um, and leader of the, the Polynesian kids in the in the club. And Jesse is really responding. And in Marty's absence, he's, he stood up and, and, and took it to the, the big Raiders forwards and, and had a wonderful game. And the Tigers, they roll on, you know. I can't remember the last time we lost a game. <laughs> we roll on towards the finals. And, um, you know, if results go our way, and, and I think they will. I mean, the Tigers win all their games. I think the Bulldogs have to lose all theirs. The Dragons have to lose all theirs. Manly have to lose all theirs. Canberra and, and the Warriors probably can't afford to win too many either. Um, and, you know, I mean, all of that's clearly going to happen Tigers sneak into 8th and eh, look the rest will be fucking history and it'll be a glorious glory all, all <laughs> around we'll be there on grand final day and I'll, I'll say Nate do you remember you know just before just before we head over to the stadium to watch the Tigers do what they do and, and watch you know rugby league Jesus <laughs> out on that field walking you know Fucking walk on water. Do some of the things. If Jesus had done some of the things that James Tedesco did on a football field and has done this entire season, no one would have fucking nailed him to a cross. They were like, what the fuck are you going to do that for? We'll just watch him fucking play footy. That's what gods do. They play like that. There's more chance of seeing, there's, there's more chance of seeing Tedesco on grand final day. On, on crutches, <laughs> on the back of a fucking ute. Doing a lap around the field, having to retire after blowing his fucking knee out beyond all all repair. And I'll say, Nate, do you remember? I told you Tedesco I'd be I here on Grand you. Final Day. I told you, mate. I told you the Tigers would make the Grand Final. I told you he'd be lapping cunts. You laughed and laughed and laughed. told you he'd be lapping cunts on the field. No, no, it's going to be manly and look at us, we're on a roll and oh, fucking here we are. I'm pissed. I can't remember most of today, but here I am. I'm about to watch Manly play in the grand final. <laughs> and Tedesco, what's he doing in the back of that ute? <laughs> How much have I had to drink today? <laughs> Where are my pants? <laughs> look, another glorious victory for the Tigers. I look forward to uh, to finish the season on a, uh, you know, this undefeated season has, 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 had, has been littered with losses. And that's not what you want in an undefeated season. <laughs> <laughs> but we can finish the right way over the last five weeks of the season and I'll uh, probably refrain from killing myself for another year. And if you do finish the right way in that way, it means you know, winning the majority of your games on the run home. All of them, yes. You're doing massive solid for us too because there's a couple of losses that, that can go on teams that we're uh, up against in our quest for our glorious glory on our undefeated season. Which too, has also been, which too has been, been far too has been, many losses. We started with far too many losses for an undefeated season to bear, but we're still on track for that undefeated season, so that's fantastic. Because um, to really achieve a true undefeated season, you only have to remain undefeated on Grand Final Day, right? <laughs> One eye tiger. You're achieving the undefeated season. <laughs> One eye tiger underscore. Oh, look. The cat in the hat had tears in his eyes at full time again, more frequent than a Dugan injury. Look, I'll just put that one in there because I was going to say, mate, the cat in the hat's actually Jamie Soward, but I, I see where you're going. Because Croker, it's relevant. Because Croker it's does topical. have emotional teary eyes all the time. Like, at full time, I mean, yeah, at, at, at kickoff too, at halftime. I want to see a list of Jared Croker's third-party deals, and if he's not fucking a representative for Tampax. Kleenex, Visine, <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> 
Uh, fantasy underscore NRL CEO. I thought Blake Austin was good for the Tigers. <laughs> oh, Teddy man. showed him how to dish out revenge and the biscuits got the chocolates. Troy underscore 79. Blake well, Austin did have an unhappy game. He did. Well, if we can't beat the Pussycats, we don't deserve to play finals footy. Bring on 2016. Hash fuck rugby league. And we're just getting to that part of the season now where segments of our listener pace are just going to stuff in. Oh, fuck this shit. I can't understand no more. Not me. I'm in the midst of an undefeated season. <laughs> exactly. Why would you switch off when that's happening? <laughs> the biggest tiger. The team of destiny strikes again. Undefeated run home. God, I love football. A thousand kicks and a send-off. Hash. He's got cocker tears, so I presume that's croaker tears. Um, Michael Darren, 79. If the Raiders... The tog- biggest tiger's my spirit animal. Pretty he's, sure he is. He's, he's, he's top like I'm a massive fan of the Tigers at this stage of the season, though. Michael Darren, 79. If the uh, Raiders-Tigers game was a semi, was a grand final, we'd be talking about it decades on. We would. Yeah, for what a poor quality grand final with links to the field tries. <laughs> How's that fucking ball, though, from, from Hodgson when he just sort of fucking held it up and just waited for Croker to come through? And he's just yeah. got just, that just little, little dish there. To, oh, Whiten's one prior just, to that, if I'm thinking about the same try. That's the one where Whiten started, like, you know, right right off the goal line there. Yeah. Ran in and ended he, up passing the Hobson. he got sort of swung around at fucking yeah. full pace and hoiked it back inside yeah. right onto the chest of, uh, I think it was Hodgson. So. Yeah, yeah, and then he sort of ran ran out of space. And he had some guys he could pass to either side, like, you know, you know five metres either side. But then he sort of held up and just sort of went, and just sort of dished it. Beautiful. Um, Sam the Warden. Thank God the universe has returned to balance and a sticky coach team is, des- is destined to miss the finals. As it always should be. Previews. Kicking off a f- Thursday night football up there at 1300 Teeth. The North Queensland Cowboys take on the South Sydney Rabbelows. So... Can the Cowboys bounce back from a disappointing loss to the Sharks, as all losses to the Sharks are? Their sphincters will be puckering a little bit, I think, the Cowboys. They they won't like the idea of facing the Rabbitohs um, after after excuse me a disappointing loss last week. The, the bonus is they are at home, where they always grow a bit of an extra leg. Jonathan Thurston, as we said earlier, has been named. I fully expect him to play, given the result last week. So... Uh, Rabbitohs away from home. I'm, I'm probably inclined to tip the Cowboys in this one and, and get things back on track. Look, I think they have to, um, especially if there was ever a concrete plan to rest JT for this match after losing a game that I guess they probably thought they had in the bag, a very winnable game um, against the Sharks last week. After they lost that, I think they probably have to abort that plan and just right the ship a little bit because the you know you need momentum at this time of season. And resting players is fantastic. It's a great idea in theory, um, especially players who've had such a long campaign like JT. But something, you know, with a player like JT, though, he's not only the most essential player, he's like, he's the cog. He's not one of the most important cog. He's the only fucking cog in that team. Mm. And everything comes off him. So removing him out does nothing for, for team chemistry and, you know, tapering things down for the final. So I think he'll play. And if he does, I think they'll win. I think South has shot. They got a, they got they got the same sort of hope solo itis that uh, the Broncos displayed last week after getting <laughs> analed by Manly. Uh, also, oh, sorry, not also because it was Thursday, wasn't it? So Friday night football, Brisbane Broncos take on St George Illawarra Dragons at Suncorp. Copley comes in for Hodges. 
Uh, Adam Blair returns from suspension for the Broncos. Um, Dragons, pretty strong side. Dugan, uh, Benji Widdop, obviously. Um, I think they'll have the ascendancy in the forwards of Dragons. They probably don't have a huge forward pack, but um, there's enough agility and strength there to, to trouble the Broncos through the middle um, and throw Widdop and Marshall off the back of that. And Dugan um, linking or chiming in, rather. They've certainly got some tools there to, to give the Broncos some headaches. I think at home, uh, bouncing back off, off a loss last week against the Bulldogs, just their, their last performances, when you compare the two, the Dragons had no, nothing more than a fucking training run against yep. the Warriors, and the Broncos should be a little bit more battle-hardened and looking to bounce back. So probably uh, tip the Broncos. Yep, I think the Broncos will win this one easily. The Dragons aren't a proper team. Um, <laughs> Broncos are in a massive rut at the moment. But if they can't get it done against the Dragons at home on Friday night in their preferred time slot, in their comfortable time slot, then honestly, how far can they slide to the end of the season? I mean, they can kiss the minor premiership goodbye, um, you know, maybe kiss a double chance goodbye, and uh, yeah, not good. West Tigers take on the Newcastle Knights 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon at Campbelltown. Wind your windows up, lock your doors. Keep all valuables out of sight. You're visiting Campbelltown. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of empty homes. <laughs> hopefully going to be a decent crowd. Look, I, I think the Tigers will win and win well um, and continue their undefeated run to finish the season and, and, and storm into the eight on their way to grand final glory. But we've already been over that and I don't like to repeat myself, Nathan. Um, Newcastle Knights, well, and Newcastle Knights, they I've said for a long time they're the worst team in the competition. They keep proving it right week after week. As much as Newcastle fans want to, you know, interject and you know bring up things like table position and things like that, irrelevant stuff. I get where you come from. It's irrelevant. I'm talking about the way the team's going. And Newcastle Knights don't give a fuck. They're tanking harder than the Warriors are at the moment. And uh, if the Warriors had to start tanking earlier, it would be a two horse race for the spoon. And who knows what would happen if those teams played each other? But at this stage, it's the West Tigers. This is going to be a training run to help them for the more difficult games they have ahead to help Manly into the finals. And uh, I predict them to, to play play for their mates over in Manly. Tigers by 40. Not by 40. I don't think you win it by 40. And I think if Newcastle do come back at them like they did against the East, you know, the Tigers if are the an team, inferior just like, side, If an inferior attacking side like <laughs> the Roosters can put 32 on in, in, you know, in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Fucking please, I call it off at half time. To be fair, you're blinking. If it takes you 43 minutes to blink, I mean, you know, you may be stroking or something. I think you've uh, you've got some narcolepsy. Yeah, well, that too. But uh, look, Tigers are going to win this fucking easily. The Knights don't give a shit anymore. They're certainly not playing. They don't give a shit about playing for Bedaris, that's for sure. Um, he's had you know, terrible results since he started, and usually you know, you get like a bounce back. Whether they win or not is one thing, but I mean, you get a bounce back and there's some sort of commitment or they're showing some sort of gratitude that the administration fucked off their coach, but not in this case. Nope. Penrith Panthers take on the New Zealand Warriors at the Muddy Puddle, 5.30pm Saturday. Based on these two teams' last performances, this is going to be one fucking epic cesspool of an exhibition of rugby. 2-0 or 50-48. (laughs) You know, you choose. Their defence is shit, their attack is shit. Will Smith fills in again at fullback, and and I think he's a really talented player. I think he's a fucking horrible fullback. Uh... I think I'm going to lean towards the Panthers just because of some of the individuals. Elijah Taylor, 
Bryce Cartwright, um, Josh Mansour, Soward, those sorts of guys. I, I just don't think that there's enough star power in the left in the Warriors lineup that you know as far as playmakers go. And uh, I, I don't think they'll be creative enough. And I, I think the Panthers have, despite their injury problems, I think they've got enough creativity there to uh, to give the Warriors uh, enough to think about and, and certainly enough to get a win. Yeah, I, like the Warriors are absolutely tanking. They've shown nothing in attack, and that's kind of what you would expect given the importance of Sean Johnson to their lineup. But the thing that surprised me is just. They also give up, and they also can't defend anymore. And I know, and Sean Johnson is a lot of things, but he is not a fucking defensive genius. He's not someone that marshals a defensive line into action, and he's not some motivational fucking dude that's going to put a hit on no. to say, "Follow me, boys." Exactly. So the fact that they've lost all that with him what shows you're there's is a massive Mitchell Moses. There's I a agree. Massive. There's a massive weakness mentally in that club, and. They're going to get punished by a Penrith Panthers side that wouldn't beat the fucking way out of a paper bag otherwise. Sydney Roosters take on the Parramatta Eels at Allianz Saturday night at 7.30pm. Roosters by 1,000. 2,000, I say. I think uh, Robinson will uh, have the, the Roosters primed to, to put an 80-minute 80 80 performance together. Uh, their attack will fucking cut the Eels to ribbons. And... I think they've got the defensive structures to to hold the eels to to very few points. If you know, I mean, I'd say zero. They may, sk- given they've got Radraja. Did yeah. you see that PlayStation <laughs> meme with the parameter controls? Like, Especially the past the semi. Yeah, X is drop it. You know, circle is to miss a tackle, and and yeah. the triangle is to pass it to semi. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Um, just para don't have enough trouble yep. the Roosters and uh, I think the Roosters will, will use this to as I said fine tune uh, their finals type performances the Canberra Raiders take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles at Canberra 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon Raiders come up against an undefeated side last week and, and couldn't quite get it done but uh, Manly are anything but an undefeated side and I think the Raiders, uh, Blake Austin will never play that poorly again in his life. I think he'll take out his frustrations, his Nordic frustrations on the Sea Eagles and uh, have a blinder and put a dagger through the Sea Eagles season. Canberra, they're gone. The way they reacted after they lost that game to the Tigers indicated that they knew they were gone and they're, they're going to be a team without purpose in this game. And as a result, Manly playing with more purpose than any team in the comp, better form than any other team in the competition at the moment, and just generally the best team in the comp at the moment. They are going to absolutely roll down to Canberra on a sunny afternoon when it's not cold and the Canberra has no advantage. Canberra can't win at home this season anyway. And guess what? Here's another one of their greatest fucking losses collection. Manly put 50 on these cunts, improved their for and against out of sight, and uh, they'll do it without the help of Matt Chechen, who's going to do his best to fuck them over. Oh, look at that. Shane Hayne in the video referee box. Crowding. <laughs> must be camp. Must be fucking Canberra Day. <laughs> Manly. Literally, Manly will win this by 30 to 50 points. Canterbury Bulldogs take on the Gold Coast Titans at Central Coast Stadium Sunday afternoon. It's your 4 o'clock Channel 9 game. I can't see the Titans getting anywhere near the Bulldogs. Doggy's going to... The Doggy's a serious. I'll smash them, but... 
this is the thing about doggies. They lose, they, you know, they lose some games. You think they're going to win? They win and the games like you know, season. So yeah. I, I don't say it with a hundred percent confidence. I think there's enough in the Bulldogs, and we're probably getting close enough to finals time now, where Des is going to have them primed and ready. Um, and I think they'll come out and blast out of the blocks, and it'll be too much for the Titans to handle. I see that Neil Henry's had to had to swallow his pride and put Fire Fire Law in the side. So that's interesting. After he jettisoned him from the Cowboys yeah. and then then inherited him down there in the Gold Coast later on. Oh, um, Caesar's playing out. You know, he's playing tremendous at the moment. He is. Um, he's, he's turning, you know, slowly turning the Titans back into something resembling a football side after that period they went through a month ago where they were getting flogged by, you know, everybody. Um, and to be fair, I mean, they did lose by enough to the storm in the end of that game as well. But... You know, maybe with a bit of continuity in their lineup, and you know they got some proper, you know they got one of their proper halves back, and they don't have old sexy eyes in there. Well, sexy eyes is in the side, but he's not playing starting uh, in the halves. Perhaps, just perhaps, season can get enough passes to James Roberts to win the game. <laughs> not going to happen. It's just it's wishful thinking on my half, my half, because I want to see the Bulldogs lose. Cronulla Southern Sharks take on the Melbourne Storm at the tip Monday night football. I'm going to go for a Monday night upset. Storm. <laughs> Idiot. It's a home team and they're nearly in the top four. When are you going to believe about these Sharks? I playing? believe. I believe today. I believe I believe on Monday night. I believe more than Sharks fans do, let me tell you that. I think Sharkies might squeak out a close victory. The Storm oh. have lost their aura. Um, no Slater uh, is, is a big chunk uh, that they've been dealing with for quite a while now. And... Um, Still a very good side and well structured, but I think I think the Sharks can definitely go with them in the forwards, um, and you know at home I think the crowd will uh, get them lift and, and squeak out a victory. I was looking at betting on the on the games on the weekend, and this is one game that I'm just not going to fucking touch because I have no idea how it's going to go. I mean, you'd think the Storm, you know, if they're serious, we'd get them, but the Sharks. You know, they they can drag a team down to their level and beat them with experience. Sure. And the Storm seems to be a team where that's something that's more likely to happen these days than days gone by. I mean, when you look at their lineup and who they've actually got available now, yeah, just don't know. If, if you were going for a Monday night upset, you'd actually pick the Storm, I think, given they're away from home and the whole Monday night thing, you know, where it tends to reverse itself out. Yeah. So, look, if I had to, you know, at a pinch, it's Storm, but I say that with zero confidence. That is full time for episode two hundred. As always, you can inter- two hundred and one. Sorry, as always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. We're also on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Uh, share the stuff around. Like the post up. Like you always do. iTunes. We have a review this week from Matt four two one eight six or one eight eight. My sorry. My apologies. This is why podcasts were invented. Five stars. What can I say? Nate and Glenn deliver all the latest news, action, and reviews in a way that can only be described as podcasting genius. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll laugh again, and you may just learn something. On top of that, you can join the fun of Twill Nation on Twitter and get involved with the people you hear about in the show. Absolute brilliance. Jesus. Wonderful review. And if you like uh, Matt42188, 
Please get on there, support the show, and hit the subscribe button and uh, give us a rating and a review. It'll only take you a couple of minutes and it helps the show's rankings out massively. Tipping. We have a change at the top. I thought this competition was just about fucking over. We're almost going to pay out on this competition, but uh, no. A dreadful week of three from eight from David Kingston has opened the door and Matthew Bell on 107 is in the lead. Kingston and Nigel B are on 106. Three points back. We have Goodnight CJ. Two points back from there. We have Mario Siegs, Toto TV, Mad Dog. And then a point back on 100, we have Solzy, Ben Diggity, and Mikus. A lot of people did really badly on the tipping last week, which is strange. Fantasy, the Wendells, once again, just to keep increasing their lead. There's uh, no way in hell that they're going to be headed. Top China Dragons in second, One Trick Pony in third. Rick Grimes, bitch, who led for, you know, three quarters of the season, plummeted to fourth. Bobbers, Warhorse, Pool Q, Seagull, Assassins, Prestige, Worldwide. And NZ underscore Magpie, 54, round out the top 10. Pick the ladder. Honor Blood Buzz remains on top. Devonhead uh, has moved up to second place. Fubar underscore 84 has jumped up six to third. We had Shithead Listener dropped a couple to fourth. Uh, CJ07 has moved up to fifth. Saluni Poz has dropped to sixth. A tie on seventh, three-way tie by people who've all jumped up. Uh, we have Maddie T underscore 78. Um, we have uh, Chapo up in there. He's jumped up and in, moved into the top 10. A lot of logjam in there. In 10th, we've got JR underscore 136 in 10th. Now, I've dropped to 16th. I've dropped 11 places. That's fucking dreadful. It's and, disgraceful, uh, mate. It is disgraceful after being number one and two in that for so long. But um, finally... I want to talk about this print, this Hilgenfeld Magnificent print. Um, got sidetracked before talking about it. I was on uh, Skype today, though, uh, talking to him, getting prices, because what we're going to do is we're going to get it printed over there. So shipped to him from the, the local printer, and then you know he'll be able to sign them and number them and stuff like that, and then you know bundle them up, send them down here, and then we can disperse them to people. So uh, with these things, when you're printing, you know, fine art you know, on fine art paper and things like that with processes. The more you get done, the cheaper it gets. So as it is with the as it is with the, the jerseys, we're looking at, uh, we need a pre-order of, I think, 2021, 20, I think, is the first level that we need to achieve. And to do that, we'll be able to sell it for Australian, given because we're paying for things in American dollars over there. Um, I think we can do it for like under 50 bucks. So 49.95 for the print. Um, and then there'll be shipping on top of that. So... I guess we can do it as soon as we, you know, as soon as you do it. So I'll, I'll add it up on uh, on the site as a product that you guys can grab. And um, whoever's interested, get in. And once we get to that uh, that 20 level, then we'll start, you know, like with jerseys, you know, we'll sort of, you know, last chance and that sort of thing for people. And uh, we'll push it out. And uh, this will be printed basically on, yeah, like on fine art paper with, you know, archival link and that kind of thing. So if you frame it, you know, it'll last you 100 years, you know, so sensational. Well, Just like any fine art. 200 episodes. Well, it'll last you two hundred yeah, episodes, but it'll, it'll, it'll legit, it'll legit though. You, you know, you, you frame it behind glass, you know, for a proper place. You know, frames. You know, like just you know, jamming in between. You know, glad wrap and the wall. <laughs> but it'll, it'll legit last. Like I mean, this is like a you know, this is a, a, a pro, you know legit art print, and it'll last. Yeah, it'll last you forever. You know, at least until you're fucking in your cold, cold grave. Get amongst it to support the genius that is Jay Hilgenfeld and. Uh it's another way to support the show, but it's a nice little uh, memento if you're drawn on there. That you know, it's a way to uh, it's a keepsake. It's it's something. It's a way to pick a, up chicks. 
absolutely. The women <laughs> go mad for it. Absolutely mad for it. So I believe. Exactly. So Chapo said. Exactly. Exactly. And so obviously we've got a lot of people on there drawn and a lot of people on the Wall of Fame as well. And um, we're happy to produce as many as we need to. And when we do the edition, you know, we'll, it'll, be, it'll be numbered like, you know, one of however many that we end up doing. Sure. So, um, yeah, look forward to it. Can't wait to get it up on the wall. And I hope you guys do too. And that's it. Of course, we've got a couple of shirts left, a couple of run TMBs, one run DCE left. Broncos fans, we need to get like another 10, 15 of those uh, Eat, Sleep, Hunt, Milf, Repeat ones. So, Did I ask you whether it was inappropriate for me to get one for Jackson? You did, and I said, of course not. It's just a player's name. But it's in, Slash in, colloquial it's in nicknames. Window, though, isn't it? Really? Well, it's, uh, you know. What are you doing with your eyebrows today? I don't know. It's like they're combed up. They're like yeah. shaped into arrows. Yeah. Don't, don't try and be all dismissive. Like you've, you've spent a good 45 minutes in the fucking bathroom shaping your eyebrows. <laughs> I can assure you, I rolled out of bed like this this morning. And in fact, before you turned up, I was in my pyjamas too, because I was fucking sick. Why don't you like, stay in your pyjamas? Don't get dressed up for me. Yeah, I just... We've got a better pyjama party and a pillow I've, fight later, uh, see where it takes us. Strip down to your knickers? Yeah. No, I was, yeah, I just, I, just, I just felt like, to get up for the show, I just need to pretend like I hadn't you know, rolled out of bed. So, yeah, this is that. Okay, cool. That's it. That's all we've got time for. See you next week. See you next week. This week in league, Justin Hodges discovers the only thing worse than his hamstrings is his defence and promptly calls it a day. Newcastle are considering Matlock as their next coach to get the best out of... <laughs> Matlock! <laughs> this week in league... <laughs>